Welcome back to the MCU in Review Podcast. We review the MCU old and new. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MCU in Review. That is one word, ladies and gentlemen, MCUI in Review. Give us a like, give us a comment, let us know what you think of the show. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are available. I'm one third of your host, Brandon, and I'm happy to be joined by two of the closest friends I know, Clinton and Emmy. How are you guys? Fabulous. Fantastic. Woohoo! I broke everyone's headphones there. I am so sorry. That's my excitement because I get to finally review Captain America, the first Avenger. I'm pretty pumped about this. I have watched this movie three times heading into this show, which is two more times than I thought I would. <laughs> I have a wonderful fiance who was like, hey, do you want to watch Captain America tonight? <laughs> it was Saturday. I was like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, and we can watch it again Sunday if you'd like. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, man. Once you get together for seven years, that's like, that is the most romantic thing you can say to somebody is you want to watch Captain America more than once this Captain week. <laughs> Props to her because I could barely make it through one. Ooh. Ooh shots fired already? Yeah. Clint's <laughs> a jerk. Clint's going to be muted quite a bit for this one. <laughs> We've lost all our subscribers who are Captain America fans because of Clinton's one comment. That is great. No, I will I will bring you guys back, so it's going to be wonderful. All right, so we won't wait anymore because I know we've been thinking about this movie, talking about this movie for a long time. I'm just kidding. Maybe just me. I'm really excited. This is the story of the very first, or so we think, I guess, at this time, the first Avenger. Uh, this is Captain America's introduction into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I remember being back in 2011 and this movie being announced and I thought, this is not going to work. There's no way. I'm a Captain America buff, but I even know that, that he is just not a character that has aged well with the times. He is a uh, very cookie cutter. He's very, uh, he's in a box and I'm not going to spoil this future movies because I actually know someone who's following the MCU along with us during this podcast. So I'm going to try not to spoil ahead in the future, but her favorite movie coming out of this and she's watched everything up until Iron Man three. She says, Captain America, the first Avenger has been her favorite. So she's excited to hear this review. And what I love about, we see this character take on so much in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, along with Iron Man. I think besides Iron Man, I think Captain America has the best arc in the MCU. Going to try to hold on spoilers beyond that. But we get to see his start, and this movie came out 2011, and it was really just phenomenal to watch it over again. Um, so I'm going to ask, in 2011, and you guys could have hated it then, and you could hate it now, and I'm okay with that. It's all right. But, Emmy, I'm going to start with you because you look like the most skeptical. Might as well t start with you. In 2011, what did you think of Captain America, the first Avenger, if you watched it in 2011? I know some people skipped this and went straight to the Avengers, so I'm curious to hear what, what you got. I At this point, I was invested. <clears throat> I did not skip it. But when they announced it, I was like, seriously? Like, that is, I think I felt with Captain America, the way that you felt with Iron Man, that like he's a B-list character. Mm -hmm. And like he, like you said, it just didn't age well. He's just such a cookie cutter. And I just thought, how are they going to make him like fit the big screen? Um, but the trailer was really good. And so it got me in to see the, th the movie. Um, and I, I mean, it wasn't bad. 
In 2011, it, it was not bad. <laughs> That's a very well. Okay, in 2011, I think because it was setting up the Avengers, I gave it a lot more credit than um, maybe it deserves. Ooh. But also, like watching it again, yeah, it really it isn't bad. It's it's a good movie. It's a good origin story. Um, I liked it. All right, so we're gonna go skip ahead from 2011 till now. Clinton, what was your thoughts back then, and what's your thoughts now on Captain America: The First Avenger? He was never a favorite of mine, I guess, in the comics. I, I, I knew he, he was a leader, but I, I wasn't sure how they were going to adapt him to the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. I, know, was, I was he, very he was nervous. So cookie cutter. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was a little nervous about it. Um, back in 2011, I had a friend who was obsessed with him. So she went and watched it with me. She loved it. I was, eh, I mean, <laughs> It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't. I feel like majority of the movies ahead of it were better. Yeah. Back then, right. and sounds like <laughs> basically the same thing you feel now. Probably. Yeah, it hasn't changed much for me now. There are some things. I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, but there are some things that I appreciated more this time watching it because I know of what's happened. So yeah, there was a lot of. I, uh, things I did like there was a lot of um, uh, what's the word I'm like? there was a lot of good uh, quotes in this movie yeah. like a lot of wisdom right in movie, if that makes sense but I, yeah I, it's funny because reviewing this movie in Thor I was talking more about what happened in this movie I was talking about dialogue a lot I yeah. realized myself was writing down quotes and like it, it was really good dialogue. Maybe the action wasn't as packed as other movies, but I was writing down words going back and forth. And I, it's funny you review movies and then you kind of, you have a different review style for each movie. I was like, man, I'm writing a lot of quotes. I need to actually write what's going on in this movie. But a lot of what was going on was, were two people having intimate moments talking with one another. So, yeah. And that's what I appreciated more this time. Yeah, I felt like there was a lot of character development that you see in this movie and beyond. And I'm going to spoil a little bit for one quote in particular, and I will make sure I give a heads up before I do. However, back in 2011, I promise you, this is the honest to God truth, and you guys will never believe me. I didn't see this movie in theaters. I did not. What? I did not go and watch it. I, I thought, wow. I thought there's no way they can make it work. It was, there was, I was... Still learning to have faith in the Marvel brand at this point. You know what I mean? I was ready for the Avengers. I was ready for all that. But I remember before the Avengers came out, I got a copy of the Blu-ray. Or maybe it was on digital. Or I was able to watch this somehow (laughs) uh, through the means of modern technology. And uh, I've bought like 17 of these Blu-rays since then. But um, And I watched it before the Avengers. And I remember thinking, wow, this... This movie, I didn't realize how much I'd fall in love with it. I was just, I didn't have cable at the time. I was by myself and just kind of living alone. And, you know, that was, I remember putting it on and I just sat there and I turned off the lights in all my house and I just sat and just kind of got transfixed on this movie by myself. And I remember enjoying it so much. I remember thinking, and maybe I went in with really low expectations. Keep that in mind, too. Like, I didn't even see this in theaters. That's how low my expectations were. And I remember enjoying it so much. And I came out of this in 2011 thinking, 
man, the Avengers are going to be amazing. They've, they've got everything figured out. They're not the best movies I've ever seen. Like all these movies leading up to it, I think with the exception of Iron Man, were good. You know what I mean? Iron Man was great, fantastic, but I think the rest of them were good. Thor, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, uh, Captain America, good movies. Um, I was really, really excited. And rewatching this movie, it's it's in my top ten. Uh, it's probably not in the top five. It's it's in the later top ten. And the reason why is because of everything that happens. You know, everything we know in the story moving forward. Everything they set up in 2011 and seeing where they finished in 2019, it was yeah. it was powerful watching some of these scenes. And I, I won't lie, by the end of the movie, I had a lump in my throat. And I'll share where I had a lump in my throat by the end of it because it, it really resonates with me. And that's what movies are supposed to do. That's what entertainment is supposed to do. Some people it resonates more than others, and I get that completely. But this movie personally hits me every single time I watch it. And I'm excited to dive deep dive, dive deep into it with all of you guys to see, hey, what did we really think of certain scenes? What did we think of certain moments? So and without further ado, we'll get started in Captain America, the first Avenger. So we're thrusted into the Arctic, I'm assuming. I don't know if they ever give the location, do they? It's just like a snowy tundra mm-hmm. or, yeah, what you got, Amy? You can kind of see in the map whenever he takes the plane down at the end, you can kind of see that he's somewhere off of the coast of Canada. Like oh. he's up in that kind okay. of area. It you, looked like to me, I could be wrong. The I fact really that it was going towards New York. It so was going towards sense. New York. That's why I yeah. didn't understand the Arctic part. So I'm glad you said that, Emmy. And a Russian oil team spots something. The lands, and they ask him, hey, how did, have you not spot this sooner? Because you see like the, the, piece of an aircraft sticking out and that's all i'm going to call it as an aircraft because it looks like something from star wars but <laughs> it looks like a flying saucer that's crashed right exactly in the beginning yeah. i don't remember this part at all you don't remember, remember the intro nope. in 2011 i do not remember this part at all right and i remember they 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 are looking for wreckage and they say well why have you not spotted it sooner what the heck's going on they said this landscape's changing all the time so we see the the wing of an aircraft or the head of the aircraft sticking out they end up cutting a circle, kind of just lasering it in. Ah, technology. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty cool too. And they they there's uh excavators going inside this aircraft of some sort and they're looking for anything. I guess looking for wreckage, they're looking for, you know, I mean this is a huge huge find and I believe these are shield agents. If they're not shield agents, they're obviously working for the government of some sort. Um and we see the seat where Cap was at the very end of the movie, but let's stick with where we're at now. And we see the shield frozen in ice. I'm glad they did this. Cause how creepy would it have been if we saw Steve Rogers kind of staring through that? Like, <laughs> I was glad they just stuck with the shield. I was very, very happy about that. So kind of, you know, they're like, my God. And it was very cliche at the beginning. <laughs> well, and the, the older guy knew what it was. And the younger guy was just completely oblivious and was like, what is that? Like he didn't know, couldn't like, didn't know captain America. I, don't right. know, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So, you know, they say, give me a line to the Colonel, which Colonel I'm curious. Was it Colonel Rhodes? I don't know. I thought that was really interesting when they said, oh, yeah. give me a line to the Colonel. And that is actually my fiance caught that. She goes, I wonder what Colonel they're talking about. And I was like, good catch. I'm going to put that in my notes and cheat. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so I thought that was really, really interesting. And, you know, then we're immediately transported to Tonsberg, Norway, the same place in Thor I think uh, Thor was 942 AD or one of those two. 
let me see. I got notes right here. 965 AD. So they're in the same place where the Great War happened between the Nice Giants or the Frost Giants, whatever you're going to call them, and the Asgardians. Makes sense. I didn't put that together. That's okay. That's cool. That's a really cool little Easter egg. So that makes sense when they find the Tesseract there because it was the crown jewel of Odin's treasure room. So um, literally Hydra bulldozes their way inside the premises of the building where a tomb lies. And we see our first shot of Red Skull. Uh, I, I really Johann Schmidt. Johann Schmidt himself, uh, and he's like, "It has taken a long time to find this place. You should be commended." <laughs> and it's so classic villainy. And I know, like, it's very cliche. And he's like, "I think that you are a man of great vision. This way, we're much alike." And where others see as superstition, you and I see as science. And that is something they carry a lot through this movie: is superstition mm-hmm. and science becoming one. What were your guys' thoughts watching, you know, Johan Schmidt? I'm sorry, Schmidt. I'm just going to call him Schmidt. It's easier for me to say (laughs) during this opening bit and him interacting and discovering the Tesseract. I'll start with you, Emmy. Um, He looks like such a bad guy with or without his skin on. Um, And I also, Hugo Weaving, I mean, he's just a fantastic actor. Yes, he is. Um, And I don't know if it's the makeup that he uses or the makeup that he's like on a maybe daily it's basis. Maybelline, like the- maybe it's <laughs> Johan Schmidt. <laughs> um, but like the, I don't know if the makeup team did this or if it's just his skin just looks like it's naturally about to fall off. Mm-hmm. But like the whole time, I thought, wow, that looks really convincing. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Uh, yeah. And then we see, you know, his, the smarts of him, and then he discovers the Tesseract. What was going through your mind, Clinton? I just remember thinking how good of a casting it was. Yes. Hugo Waving nailed this part. Just like Amy said, with or without. I don't remember. Was it you, Brian? Yeah, with mm-hmm. or without the skin. Um, I, I liked it. I liked it. It, it. It's jumping us right into the story. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is not something that happened hundreds of years ago. This is something happening now and it's current, like kind of where Thor was like jumping back and forth through <laughs> centuries. You know, this is just, Hey, we're in the forties. It's a Nazi Germany or it's Norway. It's, you know, it's really intense. I think, and I think I'm going to say this a lot. So please forgive me. Great casting. I'm going to say that mm-hmm. quite a bit Same. with, with Same. a few people. And I, it's funny because Thor, I thought was a good movie, not a great movie, not a bad movie, just a good movie. Great casting the whole way through. And the, I found yeah. myself saying the exact same thing through Captain America, the first Avenger. And we also see the tree of the world. Thor went over this with Jane in the very first Thor movie. I thought that was really interesting. A lot of ties immediately to Thor I, I, with the Tonsberg, Nor- Norway, the tree of the world. I really, really thought this was cool. And they're I said, so good at tying every movie that you watch in the order you're watching it back to the other one. Right. And what I think, yeah. and I'm going to give a spoiler alert. You just ignore me for 20 seconds because I'm going to give a spoiler alert for a future movie. But you can see the seeds of Thor Ragnarok hinted here. The Tesseract is stashed in a wall sculpture, uh, the world tree, and the serpent whose eye holds the key to unlocking the Tesseract's hiding place. That little button he presses that is uh, Jorgen Munder or something. I can't say the word, <laughs> but that is the serpent that Thor does battle with during the Asgardian end of days. So I thought that was really, really cool. So flash forward to Thor Ragnarok. This is just crazy connection. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, which and the Asgardian end of days is called Ragnarok. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Vocabulary. Vocabulary. <laughs> nice giants. Thanks guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
and please forgive me because I'm probably going to talk 90% of this episode because I'm obsessed with it. So please interrupt me, guys, if I'm just not shutting up. But I love this movie so much. And I will gladly. Please do. And uh, we see our glance, first glance kind of at the Tesseract. We see this blue hue orb. Like, I don't know. It looked awesome. You know, compared to the first one, it was really, really cool. And then, um, you know, he closes the, uh, the Tesseract vault, whatever you want to call it. And he's like, fool, you cannot control the power. You will burn. And I was like, oh, this is cliche superheroes. And I'm eating every bit of it up. I can't help it. Yeah. I'm really cliche about this. Where I would be like, eh, okay. I, I don't know why. I'm just, I'm blinded by Captain You're America. You're in love with Captain America. I'm in love with this movie. I really am. Mm. And he goes, uh, and but what Johann Schmidt, he, and this is what something Emmy alluded to earlier. He's rubbing his face already. And he says, I already have. And we see he's that. got those scars behind yeah, his ears. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You want to know how I got these scars? Oh, no. Man. no. Welcome to the is DC, he already? This Wait, is the DC that- section. <laughs> 17 minutes and two seconds in. This is the all time earliest we've ever gotten. Oh, to he DC. didn't say that. That wasn't this movie. Oh, that wasn't this movie. No, but, uh, but that was another 2008 movie that. The Dark Knight. So, mm-hmm. here, hey everybody, here's my Bane impression, just in case you need to have it for you know, <laughs> because I always think Bane mumbles and you can't really understand them. So this is my Bane impression. Hello, Batman. I need to get down to the store and I'm to get to the paper. That's really, Quality. and I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? What did he say? And he's like. Batman, I'm going to take over. <laughs> I can't understand anything he says after Batman. I can't. That movie, I'm sorry. If you like The Dark Knight Rises, I apologize. I don't. I need subtitles for Bane. That That's what you, you're releasing the Snyder Cut? Give me subtitles for Bane in The Dark Knight Rises, and I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be happiest guy alive because I still. Bane ruined that movie for me. I have no idea what he says. <laughs> and why does he have such like a. He sounds intellectual. But then you can't understand what he says. No, like his, th- then like his all the, accent. And then is all like, the, yeah, he's talking about cranberries and where to find them in the drawer. It's like, what? You think you're smart, but there's cranberries there next to the Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds intelligent, but I have no idea what he's saying. I'm sorry. And then he's talking about cranberries I mean, for Thanksgiving sauce. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. And that's what I hear. Forgive me if that's not what he says, but that's I, what my ears hear. I need I need a Brandon cut where it's you voicing Bane the entire movie. All like right. you just voice over him. Okay. We're gonna have a watch party here at MCU in review <laughs> where we do the <laughs> the very first watch party is going to be the Dark Knight Rises. So I can tell you what I think Bane says the whole time. Because I'm telling you, I don't get it. I don't understand. If this podcast is about MCU and how much we love the MCU, I think we can be forgiven by just having a watch party for bashing the DC because we're pro Marvel. I want to do a podcast of DC in review where we just do nothing but make fun of it and see. Actually, there's some really good movies. <laughs> that's there. what we're doing now. Yeah, that's very true. But Michael <laughs> Keaton as Batman. Uh, I love Michael Keaton as Batman. I love The Dark Knight. I think that's a great movie. But there's a, there's a few that just that don't sit well with me. Anyway, let's get back to Captain America. <laughs> okay, so we are going to switch back to Captain America, says Bane. Um, we see the Hydra symbol, too, for the very first time. It's, Emmy, um, what you got? I, okay, I, throughout this movie, there were a lot of times that I thought, you know, you're the bad guy win. Like, do you remember, who was the, yes. the, the um, comedian, Jeff Foxworthy, who did, you know, you're a redneck. You know, you're a redneck. Whole- if you need boots and a flashlight <laughs> to go to the bathroom, you might be a redneck. 
Okay. Well, I thought this through the whole movie. So here's my first one. If you've got blood on your pin, he might be the bad guy. That was red ink. That is red Mm. ink. Gosh, everyone knows that. (laughs) He He makes his Hydra agents take tests and he uses red ink pens and it had just busted in the front pocket. Yeah, that's all that was. Thank you. Gotcha. (laughs) No, I have more. No, no, no. (laughs) Oh, oh, so we're not there yet. Okay. So we're going to kind of go as we go along. Yeah. But um, I, I, I really love, then we kind of switch to our first shot at not Captain America. We're at Steve Rogers right now. And uh, Emmy, am I forgetting anything or are you just kind of, no. okay, cool. Just I'm just sure. excited because oh. you know exactly who he is from that first scene. And I loved it. I, I did love watching that back. I, that I got chills watching it because I'm seeing the guy who ends up in Endgame without spoiling anything. We see so early on just fighting to enlist. <laughs> and I love that this guy's like a lot of guys getting killed over there. Kind of makes you think twice about enlisting, huh? And nope, nope. So quick. Steve Rogers. Nope, not at all. I mean, he, he, there was no pause. Nope. And you can see that both his parents died serving. I don't know if this was made up because of the enlistment form or if this was really true. I think it was true. I, I think it, was, it is true. Okay. It was true. And it was in the comics. However, his mom died from pneumonia and mm-hmm. not. This was, she was fighting in the TB ward. Yep. And she got TB and couldn't shake yeah. it. And I think you learn pretty early on that he is. He's learned that sacrifice from seeing his own parents give their life. One in the first world war and one being in the TB unit, you know, and it was already, I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, and please forgive me. This should be called the captain America fanboy with Brandon. Um, and I'm so sorry guys, but I fell in love with this guy right away. I, I just immediately was like, how do you not root for him? How do you I not? Did too. I, I, and you see four F on his enlistment form and you see the disappointment and the heartbreak in his eyes. Um, what was your thoughts on this first scene getting to know Steve Rogers, the man? I'm going to go to Clinton. What would you think? Well, I want to talk about the elephant in the room. Anybody? I'm sorry. Do I need to put the badunce? No, no, <laughs> no, it's not a joke. I never know if the, but seeing. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. What you got? Seeing Chris Evans with that little frail body. Yeah. So I thought it aged that well, was, surprisingly. It did for the. I remember watching it in 2011 and being like, "How did they do this?" Like, I, it, the, I, there, now this time I did see a little bit of uh, spots in it, I guess, but it was very good for its time. It's probably the best CG they have in the movie. The rest of it looks like they filmed it in front of a green screen the whole time. But um, this is the best part of the CG. The only complaint I have is his head looks way bigger than his body. Way bigger. <laughs> it looks like he's about to topple over because his head's so big. I, I did not On see that. On a stick man figure. I did not see that at all. I genuinely thought this CG has still aged well. I was having my destroyer moment where I was like, that CG is ta- terrible. And you guys, guys, it's shiny. It's awesome. Like, I really was thinking, like, he still looks like a believable skinny dude to me. They took so much time to film all of those scenes. Yes. Like I was, I read because I was just curious how they did that CG and they had to film all the scenes like uh, four different times. If it was a, mm-hmm. um, like a, an actual where Chris Evans had to be acting with his body. I mean, it was, it was intense and I, it did, it did age well. I think his head, he looked a little bobbleheady, yeah. but I mean, who says it, skinny it kids well. can't have big heads? Let's, let's. And you said that it was intense. I think a lot of these scenes were really actually intense. So that worked. 
in. We're never oh going to have Clinton. On. <laughs> We're never going to have Clinton on this show ever again. This is going to be great. So anyway, we. See. I needed the butter juice. Oh, there, do but I? Yeah, need, you did. You always fail me. No, it's too late. Okay, well, yeah. guys, don't. All right, well. Have, we it have it ready. Have it ready. 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 All right. Well, with Clinton, there's nonstop jokes all the time. So that I should always have that ready. So we see, we skip to a head where Steve's in a theater where kind of a war commercial is playing, which was kind of, you know, prevalent in the forties. Obviously they're trying to get bonds. They're trying to get sales. They're trying to ramp up the, the, you know, the war efforts. And there's a kid or there's a guy just start the cartoon, you know, just being disrespectful and, you know, just, you know, completely diminishing what is in front of him and the sacrifice that's being made by millions and millions of people. Which, and there's a woman in the theater crying yeah. over this ad, which is, I mean, I, I don't know. I was uh, a little bit too much. I, I noticed. Well, I mean, maybe her husband, maybe her father, someone served. I don't know. I just, I mean, sometimes yeah. it's that reminder and you don't have a television you can come home to. And sometimes that's the only thing you have. And then boom, it, it completely hits you. I don't know. I thought okay. that's where at least my brain went. And then we see uh, Steve, we learn more about him. Hey, you want to shut up? <laughs> and uh, there's a much taller individual that was talking about starting the cartoon. And um, we see Steve get beat up. And I think there's an awesome, I think everyone knows this. If you don't know this, then please get off this podcast <laughs> where he don't say that. No, that, <laughs> sh that, that trash can lid where he uses it almost as a shield when he's getting mm -hmm. beat up. I thought that was really cool. You know, did you notice what the theater movie, the movie was saying when he, they went outside to fight? Yes. Like, uh, okay. Yes. I, can't, I got it written down. What did you get? Cause I heard it, but uh, I never wrote it down, but I, it says, face the threat no matter the size yes and he stands he's standing up slowly as that yeah. size part happens yes i thought that was cool and there's like a lot of like little wink winks to like 40 like the early movie days like they kind of did that kind of stuff where it seems a little hokey i don't know i bought it and it's to me like guardians of the galaxy sometimes it got you know but i ate guardians of the galaxy up we'll go there later and we see Steve get uh, beat up where he's using a trash, trash can to shield himself, foreshadowing. And Steve keeps getting up. That's one of the notes I wrote is Steve kept getting up. Um, Bucky shows up and literally kicks the bully's ass. I thought that was funny. So what, what does what does Cap say that he says all through the series? I can do this all day. Yes. And there you go. We immediately. I thought that was really, really cool. We immediately see the man who Steve Rogers is not the man who captain America is. And I, I just, I thought there's no serum that gets you that that's just, that's heart and you, you can't teach it. And that's what I really love about what the MCU did. And just before we, I want to cut to your thoughts really on this scene. Uh, we'll start with you, Emmy. what did you think of seeing Bucky save the day? Steve getting beat up. Was it huge to you or just, hey, okay, whatever. So. I mean, yeah, I saw the trash can lid and obviously like it's alluding to the shield, um, which I did. I liked that. However, they do it again later in the movie. And yep. it's just like, how many times are we going to nod to the shield before we actually get the shield? As many times um, as they want, Emmy. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, and then, yeah, I did. I loved the I can do this all day. And he says I had him on the ropes. Like he just seems like such a positive, wonderful, nice guy who... It's just body shape. I mean, honestly, and he keeps getting bullied and I don't know why people just want to bully him so bad. It's so sad. Really good question. Clinton, what was your thoughts? 
uh, Emmy just said it for me. I love that they keep, I know it's done over and over and he's, I could do this all day in the shield and, but the determination of his character speaks volumes. And I think I appreciated it more watching it this time because that theme of like, I'm being bullied, but I'm going to keep fighting for what's right. Right. It doesn't turn them into a bad or negative person. And I loved that theme of the person, the underdog theme of this movie was probably my favorite part of the movie because it like, you know how I am. I like relatable stuff and I feel like people can relate to that a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I completely agree. And really it's funny because I have a Captain America poster in my house. I know that's shocking for you guys to believe. (laughs) And it's a picture of, Captain America punching Adolf Hitler in the face. Uh, if you want another Captain America poster, okay, but it's an old comic book cover. And uh, I I love this part because Bucky Barnes does not look anything like the the comic book version of Cap or of Bucky Barnes. If you know, thank God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, if you've seen the comic book version of Bucky Barnes, especially in the early forties, or if you, you know. Uh, he looks like Robin's younger brother. I mean, he he has like red hair. He's got he's got like the um, let me read my notes here. He he's got the kid sidekick era. He's got the Robin esque Domino mask. He's got that's him in the comics. He he's just like, hey Captain America, how can we defeat the guys today? And he looks nothing like that. He's much bigger, and I'm not complaining. <laughs> I think this was a cool little nod to it. There he I just googled it. And yeah, it, they did a lot better on the, on the in the movie. He uh, looks awful. Uh, I completely agree. And so that was something I really, really um, appreciated that lack of nod to. And it's funny because I'm a hypocrite because there's some things they don't nod to in the comics and I lose my mind over. But there's things that <laughs> they purposely don't as well. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. No, this Bucky is definitely more modernized. This is uh, Sebastian Stan who's playing him. Great casting. I'm just, here we go again. Great casting, especially when we see everything that's happened later on in the MCU. Um, Good looking casting too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. He, he, uh, he, he looks like a, yeah. <laughs> just like, what you got Amy? <laughs> Um, Did you know that Sebastian Stan is actually tall or as tall as Chris Evans? However, in this movie, they made Chris Evans like way taller than Sebastian Stan. Um, which also took a lot of it's like engineering the, from the special effects department. It's like the same thing for Iron Man. Tony, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is like, what, 5'8", five, 5'9"? Five, he is not a tall human being. And every single shot you'll see with him, he's like face-to-face with Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Evans is 6'2", I, uh, and Tony is 5'9". My brother's about 5'9", and I'm about 6'1". And trust me, we're not eye to eye when we <laughs> when we talk. So it's just really funny to see like the, what they'll do, just so everyone at least looks the same, you know, across the board. Or like little details that they that they yeah I make agree. sure that they do. That's great. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really really a cool nod there. So, um, but he hears Bucky's orders, and the only thing he responds is just such a quiet. I should be going. I should be going like Bucky tells his orders and you could just see the heartbreak, the disappointment. I should be going. And, and now we switch over to the world exposition of tomorrow, which is, I believe a precursor to the Stark expo. Um, That's just obvious notes. I didn't Google that. That's just, you can tell this is kind of what ends up eventually becoming the Stark expo, which we saw in Iron Man two. We saw this amazing, amazing entrance by Tony Stark and it was really cool. 
We see the Phineas Horton synthetic man, which is the original human torch you're seeing on that. He's an android who bursts into flame, and he graced the cover of Marvel Comics number one in 1939. So when you see that synthetic man, I smiled ear to ear seeing that. I immediately had to Google that to make sure it was the Human Torch, and I was, yeah, I was kind of right. They went into more detail than I would have ever provided. So I thought that was really cool. And we see Tony's father, Howard Stark. Amy, what's your thoughts? Okay, first of all, um, Human Torch, who was also played by... Chris Evans. So cool. I thought that was a cool, cool nod touch. both ways. Yeah. Um, and then you also see Stark with these ladies, just like in Iron Man two. And I, he kisses one of them. And so I had to Google to see, is that the same woman who plays um, Maria Stark in um, wow. Civil War? Yeah. Okay. It is not, but, but it's not the same name, person who plays Howard Stark either. It's not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. But Okay, Google. I love Google. Um, so the one that he kisses, her name is Molly Fitzgerald, and she was arrested in January for murdering her 72-year-old mother, Patricia. I knew one of them got arrested for murder. I didn't know it was the one he kissed ended up getting. Wow. Yep. How Only we, Easter eggs you will find here at uh, MCU, MCU in Review. Review. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. That is one word, MCUIN Review. And thank you for everyone who's reached out so far. I just want to tell you guys, you guys are awesome. Talking about Iron Man, Hulk. I've had a few comments so far sent my way. Sent my way. The show appreciates it. We appreciate you guys. Feel free to follow us anywhere we're available. We really love hearing from you. So anyway, I, I, I just really enjoy that. I haven't said thank you enough to those people that have reached out. So... Um, kind of seeing Tony Stark or excuse me, Howard Stark for the first time, Clinton was, what was going through your thoughts seeing, you know, him try the, um, the new technology where he's like, soon we'll, we won't even need wheels. You can tell he's, he's just still the theme of, I am stuck in the technology of my time. I, I love, I love the interconnectivity. What were you thinking, Clinton? This scene reminded me of, first of all, I think Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark was a fantastic choice because they almost look alike. Yes. He almost looks like Tony. I agree. So I thought that was good. The scene where he's trying to get the vehicle off the ground and it falls down. Yeah. Before that happened, I was watching it and I thought Howard Stark is like a old school Elon Musk is what it felt yeah. like. Yeah, No, that's a really and good then, And then when that scene happened, it reminded me of the Tesla oh, truck preview oh, where it didn't nice. go as it's planned. And that scene reminded me of that. So it was like, it was pretty funny to me, but yeah. I liked it. I liked the introduction of it and the little tie in back to Iron Man two. Cause you do, kind of feel like this is what turns into the Stark Expo. And you see the Stark Industries logo on the reversion technology as well. It's this old school Stark Industries logo, but I thought that was really cool too. So if you kind of keep an eagle eye out for that, you see, okay, Stark Industries, Howard Stark, 40s. It's been around for quite a while. And all all the way through the movie, he's helping the agents fight Hydra. And you can kind of see that this does turn into a weapons manufacturing business because he's working side by side with the government that's really a very good point very very good point and we see steve see a recruitment station and he and there's this guy who stands on there and his face is in the illuminated as a soldier and then you see steve walk up and he's kind of like tucked in the chest in the collarbone area (laughs) he's so short he walks up and I thought that was really, really, yeah, that's exactly it, Clinton. You can't see that at home, but that is a, that is a video podcast exclusive here on 
MCU in review. I'm just kidding. Everyone's looking for oh. uh, Clinton adjusted his camera, everybody, to make him look shorter. So I hope everyone, so if I could explain that for anybody. But he's, he stands on the sign. He's a bit short, but we see, I, I love that Bucky's like, hey, what are you doing, man? We're on a double date. It's kind of impossible for you not to be there. And he goes, well, it's a fair. I'm going to try my luck. I, Which, yeah. Which, he's on a date with Jenna Coleman, who is a companion to the doctor in Doctor Who, um, and Karen Gillian, who is, I can't think of her name right now, the blue one. The blue one. I'm Come blue. And I'm a, her sister. Neb- a giant. Nebula. A giant. Nebula. Nebula. <laughs> Nebula, you jerk. Nebula. 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 Yes. Who is also a Doctor Who companion. So I, I just liked seeing that there was two Doctor Who companions. Wait, wait, wait. One of the women are Karen Gillian? Nebula is Karen Gillian. Yes, exactly. Are you talking about one of the women on the double date is Karen Gillian? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, it's, sorry. Uh, it's Jenna Coleman, who is another companion. Okay, sorry. I almost freaked out. I was like, I never noticed that. That's crazy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wild? It would be. I know it's not the same person, because, but you know what I mean? Like that she was kind of an extra here and then she ended up yeah. in Nebula. I would have freaked out. Sorry. No, it's a, sorry. It's a different person. Jenna Coleman and was then, in Captain America. Right. And then we see this, this, this exchange between Bucky and Steve and I, one of my favorite scenes in, you know, already where, what am I going to do? Collect scrap metal in a little red wagon. I'm not going to sit in a factory, Bucky, Bucky, there are men laying down their lives. I have no right to do any less than them. That's what you don't understand. This isn't about me. This isn't about me. I, I, this is a guy who just wants to serve a greater purpose. I, the whole time, this is my love letter to Captain America, but I'm, I promise you, I thought this when I saw the Blu-ray back in the day. I, I just fell in love with this character. The more he talked, the more... I, it wasn't about what he was serving and what he was doing. It was just the man behind the actions that I fell in love with. You know, I, I really thought that was great. Barnes leaves, gives him a hug. You see the friendship early on. He's like, don't do anything stupid until, you know, <laughs> how can taking I? taking all this stupid with you. Just adorable. I'm sorry if, yeah. that, if there's a word for it. It's just, it's brotherhood. It's adorable. It's just... Two guys that you can tell really love each other. And I thought that was really cool. It's the most adorable bromance ever. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Clinton, what was your thoughts seeing Captain America going back into the recruiting station? I thought it really built that friendship that they have that's going to carry all the way through the MCU. So I thought it was it was a good start. Very good point. Very good point. Um, I love when also he before he uh, before uh, Bucky exits. Don't win the war till I get there. Yeah, that thought, was cute. I thought that was another really, really great line. So we skip ahead to Steve Rogers sitting uh, kind of on a, a bench or a nurse's table. And a nurse whispers into a doctor's ear. You can tell they both exit stage left. And Steve is fearing that he is caught falsifying information on his enlistment form. Why do you think that? Because there's a sign that literally says falsifying information on your enlistment form uh, is guilty upon blah, 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 blah. I I didn't read the exact, but I remember reading it before. That must have been a huge problem for them there because they had to post a sign in the tent. I guess there was just so many young people really wanting to go fight this war. So they had to say, don't falsify anything. Thing. Hey, I mean, Steve, they made it known. Steve, Rogers, of all the signs that could be there, that was the one that was there. I agree, Clinton. That's a really good uh, non-sarcastic point. I appreciate it. <laughs> so we see Doctor Abraham show up. I don't know his. I couldn't understand his last Ers- name. Erskine. 
Erskine. E-R-S-K-I-N-E, Erskine. It, it sounded like Bane talking. When That's exactly what I was about to say. I couldn't understand <laughs> half the stuff he said. With, no, I oh. could understand the doctor. I couldn't understand his last name. When they were talking about his last name, I was like, every single time, I'm like, what? So I'm going to call him Dr. Abraham. So I apologize. Because I'm going to call him Dr. Erskine. That, I'm going to call him Father Abraham. All right. Oh, That's only content. You can, yeah. Oh. Wow, we got a double. You're welcome. We have lost all our viewers for this episode. I am so sorry, everybody. If you're still here, the three of you, I appreciate you guys. Uh, so I love and He's like, where are you from, Mr. Rogers? New Haven? Uh, five exams in five different cities. And Steve immediately tries to back out. Hey, hey, you know, no, 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 it's not. And he goes, it's not the f- exams I'm interested in. It's the five tries. And very interesting statement here. And he goes, do you want to kill Nazis? And the best response Best response, and especially, I know if you have not seen all these movies, but if you have, you know the importance of this line right here. I don't want to kill anyone. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. Um, yeah, he, he <laughs> foreshadowing, beautiful, chills. I, I had a lot of these moments uh, during the movie, um, a lot of foreshadowing in this movie. Mm-hmm. A yeah, lot of sure. foreshadowing. And I'm telling you, if you've watched the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, this movie pays off in a different way when you watch it, especially if you're a Captain America fan, just like Iron Man one and two pays off for you when you kind of go back to through the entire MCU. So this is the stuff I was talking about. The dialogue of this movie it's beautiful. The quotes that are said are amazing. I think the writing in this movie is, I think some of the action lacks, I won't lie. I'm even a Captain America buff. And there's some of these action scenes where I'm like, okay, all right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. And I feel like the humor lacks a lot too compared to a lot of Marvel movies. Yeah. This felt more serious and I'm not meaning that in a good way. It felt like, you know, uh, 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 you know, so I, I will agree with there, but where, but I think they wanted to bring forward how like upstanding and strong and he's going to defend the underdog like that whole theme is through this movie. So I felt like they didn't want to veer off many other directions. They wanted you to introduce captain America in such a genuine way. And I think you're also seeing the, the contrast in movies between let's just say an Iron Man and a captain America. And then we see the contrast of characters throughout the entire MCU, which we will touch base on later this week. When we touch base on Marvel's the Avengers, I cannot wait for that episode. Sorry. I'm geeking out that we're starting to get into really, really cool stuff. So really just the, I don't want to kill anyone. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. I never really asked your opinions on that line. And I really want to get your opinions on both. Emmy, I'll start with you. What was your thoughts hearing that line from captain America and ultimately knowing what he ends up becoming? I I'm going to go back just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I found it funny that you said that you couldn't understand the doctor. Um, no, he I, is played. I by, can understand the doctor. I just didn't understand his last name. That's Clinton. So, oh it, well, Clinton. Yeah, Clinton said that he let, couldn't understand the doctor. Right. His name is Bane. <laughs> yeah, there. No. I mean, for the most part, yes. But there are some scenes where I don't really understand what I he's understood saying. everything he said except his last name. <laughs> it's okay. Well, it's funny because it's played by Stanley Tucci, and the only reason he took that part was because he wanted to do a German accent. So he was like excited to do something he hadn't done before. I love that. He probably should have practiced more before he started (laughs) filming. Oh, right. Yeah, that is rude, Clinton. Get out of here. Oh, sorry. Uh, We don't Um, drinking that haterade today, Clinton. Jeez, (laughs) it's been a long day. (laughs) It's all. Um, I also wanted to go back just a minute because Cap asks um, Doctor Erskine where he's from, and he says Germany. Does that bother you? And Cap is like, No, no, no. He 
he just accepts people. And I've just liked that so much about him in the scene. Very good. And it, it makes you want to root for him. And then when he says that about, I don't want to kill anyone. I don't like bullies. Like I do. I feel like it hits different in the age of social media because there are so many bullies out there who hide behind a screen. Um, and it just, it hit different. I think watching it now Preach. than when I watched it in 2011. I'm with you. Clinton, yeah. what was your thoughts? I don't think I could say it any better than Emmy said it. Um, the, 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 that running theme of fighting for the underdog, the little guy, the little guy who has so much determination. It doesn't matter if he knows he's going to get his ass whooped every time he fights somebody, he's going to stand up for what's right. And he doesn't judge people based on just who they are. He judges people by their character. Mm -hmm. And I love that whole underdog theme so i don't really have much to add to that i think emmy nailed it it's so funny because someone asked me the other day why do you like and it was it was actually a co-worker because i was talking about i'm gearing up for this episode i cannot wait and uh asked why do you think you love captain america so much and it's so funny i was like five foot nothing my freshman year in high school i got like shoved in trash cans i was and luckily emmy never met me until i went through my growth spurt and i'm very thankful for that but my sophomore year Emmy's one year younger than me. I shot up to six foot tall. I was about five eleven, six foot. And it was so impactful knowing like it was weird being seen different for I was that kid that was getting shoved in the locker, shoved in the trash. That happened. That really happened. And seeing Tony or Tony, excuse me, to see Steve go through that moment where yes, it wasn't a gross spurt, but just how he kept that little guy mentality. I see this guy as a little dude sometimes. And I go back to being that 15 year old kid getting bullied. And I don't like bullies. You know, I, I, it hits me in another level. I think about that freshman year in high school. Sometimes when I see that little Steve, I, I just immediately have, immediately have a connection with this guy. Cause I'm like, I, I know what it's like. I know what it's like. And, um, it, it was really, really cool. And so what I love, what, uh, Dr. Abraham. Erskine. There we go. Sorry. Oh, now I see how hard it is to do the but I'm chewing on time. Like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, Emmy, thank you. I appreciate it. Some, I think someone can recognize it. Like, you're not hovered over that button at all times. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> someone make a joke. Someone make a joke. And I remember there are already so many big men fighting this war. Maybe what we need now is a little guy. And he offers Steve a chance and says, congratulations, soldier, and 1A. I'm assuming, I don't know enlistment forms and how they work, so I'm not pretending to be an expert here. That's the best seat on an airplane. Yes. I'm assuming if you go from <laughs> 4F to 1A, that's a higher number and a higher letter. I'm just going to. You're going to get your drinks faster from the stewardess. You're welcome. You are in first class, baby. And that's I, right. And welcome, Steve Rogers, to first class. You know who's not in first class? Guess who's riding coach right now? It's Bane. I have to hijack a plane because I'm terrible. Oh, my God. oh you're welcome. Bane's going to come back multiple times in this one. So. You know who else is in first class? What? The X-Men. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm, I mean, you know That's what? All right, I'm done. I'm going to leave the podcast no, for the I rest like of the that. evening. Like no, that. no, 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 Clinton. You can leave. It's fine. But I think you oh. can't because you can't get any better than that one. You can't. I mean, you're only going to go down from here is what I mean. Like it is. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> if you see Clinton, you know, it's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
I work with a bunch of assholes. <laughs> Welcome to MCU in Review, where we burn each other consistently before this podcast. So um, we see our first glimpse at Dr. Zola. Um, I don't think you could have casted anyone more creepy than this dude, so I put perfectly casted. Uh, <laughs> Arnim Zola. Yes, thank you. You guys know their full names, and I appreciate it. <laughs> do you know who he is in the comics? I do not. Clinton, help me out. Oh, y'all don't know that. You Googled it? Yeah. Oh, he is actually um, Modoc in the comics. I think I did know that actually. Did um, so? Are you guys video game players? I am. I'm not. Okay. Have you guys been hyped for the Avengers game like me? Or no? oh, a hundred percent. You sent a video Clinton earlier this week for the Avengers video game. I cannot wait. Sorry. Me either. Yeah. The main villain. Uh, it's yes. going to be a PlayStation exclusive. Oh. oh, no, it's not. It's on Xbox. Is it? A hundred percent. I thought it was a PlayStation exclusive. No, it's not. It's on Xbox. Hey, okay. Avengers fans, I got your back. I'm an Xbox player. <laughs> so, I am a PlayStation yeah, guy. But so it's gonna be I have cool. a Wii. <laughs> <We've> been- <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounded like... <laughs> All right, we're going to skip ahead. For Diversity all- in the group. But my point was <laughs> that the main villain of that game is MODOK. But oh, okay. yes, um, Dr. Zola is who becomes Modoc, and they kind of missed an opportunity. I feel like I feel like they had a plan for him and they've just kind of left it and they may still have a plan. I but. think they do. I'm not going to spoil okay. anything too much, but I think they do. We'll, well get into that. We'll get into that later in MCU interview on episode 23, probably. So, but I'm really. He does show up in a later movie, doesn't he? Yes, he does. But not. He does, but not, not as Modoc. Not as Modoc, yes. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So they begin experimenting on the Tesseract and we begin seeing its true powers. I wrote down very cliche villainy stuff. I mean, that's really what it felt like to me. I'm a big Captain America, the first Avenger movie, but I think I'm more of a fan of Captain America, the character. This movie right here felt, you know, bang, bang, pew, pew, bad, bad guy. Uh, and they're like this will change the war says dr zola and then schmidt is like this will change the world Mwahaha. they don't do the mohaha but they might as well it felt very cliche right. what'd you got amy um if you have a hideout in the side of a mountain in the alps you might be the bad guy might be the bad you might be the bad guy i just broke everyone's <laughs> <laughs> i just broke everyone's headphones or if again. you're billy eilish you might be the bad guy I'm a bad guy. That song. Man, I, I, the, I'm, the people are going to get tired of this, but um, tss. all right. So <laughs> you don't have to do it every time. It's fun. All right. Well, <laughs> sorry. You got on to me for the last time for being late. So I feel like I have to be on point here. There's got to be a good medium. It's kind of overkill now, but there wasn't enough in the last. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, then how about you just <laughs> with the jokes? If I'm doing it a lot, it's because you're making a lot of those jokes. I'm sorry. I'll just stay serious and boring. Thank you. Carry on. Just like this movie. Hey, am I right? Hey, Uh-oh. you Hey-o. are right. You are right. Hey-o. I'm just kidding. I love this movie. Uh, so we will switch gears to... At this scene, we see our first glimpse of two amazing characters. One who outlasts the entire MCU, but one we only see briefly. But perfect casting. I'm going to say this again. We see our first glimpse first at Agent Carter. Uh, First off, the two words, if you ask me, hey, describe Agent Carter, the two words I'm going to say is badass. She is a badass. 
we immediately see Hodge, who is one of the soldiers for a super soldier program, and that's what we are in on. We're looking at the super soldier program, all the candidates for that super soldier program, which include, obviously, Steve Rogers. And we see Hodge mouth off, and, oh, are we going to wrestle? You just immediately, oh, Emmy looks like she wants to punch Hodge in the face herself. I don't blame her. Stupid, stupid, stupid thing to say. And we didn't see someone cower. We didn't someone Bruce. We didn't see that. <laughs> we didn't see someone waiting for a ticking time bomb. Oh, Iron Man's here to save her. It was Agent Carter, without any help of anybody, punching Hodge in the face. Finally, I just—I mean, finally. I and I can only imagine what it felt like. Emmy, what was your first thoughts of getting to see Agent Carter on the big screen? I. Exactly that. She is a badass. She punches Hodge in the face, draws blood, no hesitation. And I also love that um, the other uh, Tommy Lee Jones, I don't mm-hmm. remember his name in the movie, Colonel comes Phillips. over and doesn't even bat an eye. He's just like, she did that. Agent Carter, I see you're breaking in the new candidates. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I loved it. Colonel Phillips is played by Tommy Lee Jones. Another perfect casting. We only yep. see him for this one movie. I, a part of me wishes there was more flashbacks because Tommy Lee Jones is the man. Clinton, what was your thoughts seeing Agent Carter and Tommy Lee Jones as Colonel Phillips? I loved it. Yep. I loved the introduction of Peggy because how strong-willed she was. They were setting the precedent right now. Like, look, she don't take shit, and she's going to do what's right. Like, she stood up to this guy immediately. Yes. And um Didn't Tommy Lee Jones help. was like a good um blend for her because you'll see as we go on they clash a lot but they mm-hmm. play off each other so well. Yeah. But yes, I loved how they introduced her. I agree. And she does not back down. When they clash, she does not back down. And I I love that. Like she stands by her decisions. She's very firm and confident and she does it all while rocking some red lipstick. No more damsel in distress with this movie no, at all. Not in the slightest. And I, I, I just, I get chills about this part for the movie. There's a lot of parts that I, but just Agent Carter immediately was like, "We've turned a page." I immediately feel like we've turned a page in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I feel like we've turned a page in this story where we're meeting someone who's really, really strong-willed. And the three words I put, both are perfect. Both are perfect. I think they're both perfectly cast. Haley Atwell as Agent Carter and Tommy Lee Jones as Colonel Phillips. Perfect. And then we see Colonel Phillips after Agent <laughs> a, uh, Agent Carter punches Hodge in the face and he's down. <laughs> he has to get himself back up pretty quick because Colonel Phillips is saying at the end of this week, we will choose. Oh, excuse me. He says wars are fought with weapons, but they are one with men. And he goes, at the end of this week, we will choose that man who will be the first breed of a new, uh, first in a new breed of super soldiers. And they will personally escort Adolf Hitler to the gates of hell. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like losing my mind. You could have got me in the army at this point with that speech. I just, it's Tommy Lee Jones. It's this amazing moment. Uh, I absolutely ate all this up. And uh, I just really, really thought it was funny. And then we kind of cut to a little montage of the training for the super soldier program. And we see Steve kind of struggling. We see Hodge being a bully because they're bullying him. Why are they bullying this sweet little child? Like it's so rude. It's exactly your point. I mean, it's a sweet little child and they're a bunch of men and it sounds really stupid. I get that, but they're just like, Oh, this guy's easy pickings. Let's just knock over the, you know, the barbed wire on him. (laughs) And I love it. It's like, 
Rogers, get your rifle out of the mud. I was like, did you not realize what happened? It was it was comical. It made me laugh. I honestly laughed at it. They not- just wanted to keep driving the theme of the bully, I think. I think, yeah, I think that too, but also like. I think it worked. And I honestly think it does happen. <laughs> it it yeah. really does oh, happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's off the mark that much. And we see squad hold and there's a flag. And the uh, the drill sergeant asks everyone to go get that flag, <laughs> and then the you know you know the first person to get that flag gets a car ride back with Agent Carter, and uh, you know they all <laughs> go. It's like watching a bunch of squirrels on a greased up like bird feeder. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I, I just started laughing at this part, and I know it was a serious moment. But Why just, are you greasing your bird feeders? <laughs> because I want the squirrels off of it, Emmy, and it works because they haven't gotten the flag in 17 years. Just like the squirrels have not gotten my bird feeder in 17 years. Thank you, squirrels. I'm just joking. I don't put, <laughs> I do not put oil on my squirrel. I've seen it on YouTube. That's all I'm going to say. Don't ask me what I YouTube, but that's what that's on it. Woo. So um, we see Rogers remove the clip and the flag, the whole pole falls. And after, excuse me, all these guys fight. They don't get the flag. They all fall into line. Rogers immediately after goes to the flagpole. Rogers, I said fall in. He pulls out the clip. And I'm only speaking from memory, sadly. He pulls the clip. The pole falls. He grabs the flag. Thank you, sir. (laughs) That's all he says is thank you, sir. Emmy, what you got? Back in 2011, when I watched this movie, that scene bothered me. Because I felt like he cheated. But now, watching it again. um, So I'm a teacher. I think I've said that on the podcast before. But I tell my students, work smart, not hard. And that is a perfect example. If one of my kids did that, I would be like, you know what? Genius. Like, I've got to give you props for that. Like, that, I, I have really turned around on that scene. Because, yeah, I really didn't like it when I first saw it. But now it's like, that is what, that's what I'm trying to teach my kids. My uh, students. That's pretty beautiful, actually. Clinton, what you got, man? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> Clinton, you're on a podcast. Don't do this. <laughs> what do you think, man? No, I thought it was. Uh, I like how they keep building up how. So they build. They build up his compassion first, and his his will to fight for the underdog. And now they're kind of showing you his intelligence and that theme of work smarter, not harder. Well said. So he's it's it's well rounding him to be. Yeah the candidate for this super soldier program because he's got the smarts and the determination. So I I like that the way they're doing it as the movie goes in ways that work with his training and with these other guys, he's outsmarting them now. Also very well said. I completely agree. And this is the first time I think you see Steve Rogers intelligence. You see him just kind of almost being this guy who's just willing to fight. He's willing to fight and sacrifice, fight, sacrifice. And then we see his intelligence. So there's a little, there's more dimension. There's more depth to this character as we continue to go along and really, really good point on both of you guys. I completely agree with you. So we see during pushups where uh, he looks like me doing pushups, Steve Rogers (laughs) struggling uh, very much. So we see Dr. Abraham. Sorry, this is the only beef that I will have with Peggy Carter. Yes. And I, and honestly, I, the more I think about it, the less that it is a beef. Yeah, what you got? She says, faster ladies, my grandma could do this better. 
And well, she says, God rest her soul. Her grandmother is dead. So she's saying yeah. you're better than it's not a, I, I didn't take it as a woman to man comparison. I took it as a dead to a live comparison. And I thought that in 2011. And I thought that now, and I truly mean that. Okay. But she does say faster ladies. And I did, I caught that. And at the same Ooh, time, I didn't, I, I didn't catch that part. She does. She does say right. that. Right. I, I didn't yeah. catch that. I admit that. Yeah. Um, but okay. The way that I'm justifying it in my brain is that these alpha males are so exactly like, they have so much toxic masculinity that her saying that is going to make them do it better. That's, so that's she's exactly. Honestly, she's out. It's kind of the same thing as the frost giant said princess to Thor, because he was yeah. so caught up in his ego of being this strong man. It's right. kind yeah. of the same concept flipped. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I won't. I, so I said I, I have a bone to pick with her. I I guess I take that back. I'm, well, I'm she would kick your ass. I know. <laughs> she would. <laughs> she really would. <laughs> oh, she would kick my ass. I know that. So uh, <laughs> we see, you know, during push-ups, Dr. Abraham uh, and Colonel Phillips fighting about the pick. Father Abraham. We see them fighting over the pick of Steve Rogers. Uh, <laughs> and I love it. He's like, look at him. Look at Rogers. He's making me cry. And I, I love it. Like, he's like, I thought when you wanted to bring a, a asthmatic on the of the team, you know, I thought he'd be useful to you like a gerbil. And <laughs> I thought that mean. I thought it was mean, but I thought it was funny too. Amelie yeah. Jones delivered that so well. Too. Thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I completely agree. That delivery is hysterical to me. Maybe more so than the line. Tommy Lee Jones can almost deliver anything and make me laugh. Um, he's making me cry. <laughs> and uh, he says, you win wars with guts and flips the clip, throws a grenade. And we immediately see everyone who is doing pushups in the super soldier program scatter away like mice, like just immediately scatter away except one. I don't, I don't think you'll guess. Who is it, Brandon? It is Mr. <laughs> Rogers himself. No, not Fred, Steve. And that's right. That's right. And I thought this was cool because Rogers covers the grenade and get away, get back. Yeah. Heartless or, or I, heartless. Wow. I, I, I thought this was just willing to sacrifice it all, willing to give his life. And I love he's like, is this a test? <laughs> just that innocence <laughs> at the end. Um, I don't know. I just thought... <laughs> When Dr. Abraham. Uh, Erskine. Er, uh, thank you. <laughs> I think I say it differently every time that you. I think ask you do. I'm really enjoying this actually. But when he <laughs> says, you know, he's the clear choice. <laughs> That's my horrible impression of the day. But I, I, it was really cool when his point was proven right in front of him. And I think Tommy mm -hmm. Lee Jones had no, or excuse me, Colonel Phillips, I guess I should say, had no other choice at this point. Say, oh, okay. You know, yeah. and the, the only response, the only response Tommy Lee Jones has, I keep saying Tommy Lee Jones, it's Tommy Lee Jones, it's Colonel Phillips. Right. Um, he's still skinny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That yeah. was funny. Funny. I, I only funny line in the movie. <clears throat> no, uh, no, there was one later and I'm sure we'll get to it. That literally made me laugh out loud that I, I completely forgot was in there. I had a couple as well. So, uh, yeah. you're, you're wrong, sir. You are wrong. And sometimes a movie doesn't have to be funny to be good. This would be kind of proves that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's a great movie, guys. Come on. Anyway. It's a good movie in the character. I like it. Thank yeah. you. Thank it's, you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we go to the night before the surgery and the surgery. The I, procedure. The procedure. Excuse me. I put the surgery. I'm sorry, guys. And uh <laughs> Dr. Abraham. His appendix ruptured. They had Earth. to rush him in. <laughs> but not, 
<laughs> if he was doing that much extracurricular activity and he was doing that, yeah, I probably would be as well. And they're talking. It's him. It's the doctor and Steve talking. And it's a little cliche here, I'll admit, because Steve literally flat out asks, why me? But I still thought it was a beautiful moment. And he That's goes, cute. people forget the first country the Nazis invaded was their own. Wow. Okay. Powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned of Hydra, the Nazis research division and Schmidt's ambition. And for Schmidt, he believes there are powers of the gods. Schmidt believes he ain't wrong. Yeah. He, he's not wrong. And that's, what's crazy. You hear this stuff now and you're like, okay, Schmidt wasn't wrong at all. Um, Schmidt believes he can become a superior man. And, um, so the Dr. Abraham did the serum on him before the serum was ready, I believe is what I took away. But before Schmidt, I don't think Schmidt would ever have been ready. So it, it, it had effects. (laughs) Um, and Abraham says, father Abraham says good becomes great. Bad becomes worse. And I thought that was a really cool line. And he goes, this is why you were chosen. A weak man knows the value of strength and knows compassion. Uh, really, really cool. And then he says, stay who you are, not a perfect surgeon, not a perfect soldier. And I love this line foreshadowing, stay who you are, not a perfect soldier, but a good man foreshadowing through the entire Marvel cinematic universe for Captain America, in my opinion. And they say to the little guys and they toast, I thought this was really cool. (laughs) Clinton, what was your thoughts? Go ahead, Emmy. I think I think Emmy has something she really wants to she say. She just laughed right away. <laughs> yeah, because he he doesn't he say, "Oh no, you can't have this." They cheers, yes. and then Captain America's about to take the drink, and he takes the drink back and says, "Oh, you have a procedure tomorrow. You can't no liquids." He's and like, he, "We'll save it." <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. We'll have, do it after. <laughs> I don't have procedure. I can drink now. And yeah, he takes he a double shot it. right in front of Steve, and Steve Steve has this perfect little smirk at that. I thought that was really see funny. I thought that was funny yeah. as well. Yeah. It was adorable. Yeah. I really liked it's that. Cute. And I really, I forgot how much I liked Dr. S or er, Erskine. Um, Father, Father Abraham. Father Abraham. Optimus Prime. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Autobots roll out. <laughs> we're going to get copyright stricken because they're going to be like, he played the Dark Knight Rises <laughs> and he played uh, Transformers in his commentary track for Captain America the First Avenger. We're on to you MCU interview. We we know what you're doing. I forgot watching this scene again. Um it reminded me that because when you think Super Soldier Serum and you think of Captain America, yep. you think of he beefed up and he was strong. It gave him superhuman strength and stuff, but I had forgotten that the serum also amplified who you were as a person. Yes. For some reason, I forgot that. I remembered it, but it was, it's weird when you remember something once you watch it, I guess. Like, I remember thinking, oh, wow, yes, yes, yes. Like, I, I completely. Did they bring that up anymore? Is this the only place they talk about I think that? it's the but only place they bring it up. I think, and that's probably why I forgot. I yeah. mean, it makes sense, but mm-hmm. I forgot that detail. Mm-hmm. Emmy, what'd you get for this uh, whole procedure scene? And we're about to head into the procedure for Captain Rogers. Uh, I feel like you skipped. Doesn't don't they start vaporizing people at the bad place? They might. I don't know. <laughs> and this is something with the movie. And I will completely admit when it gets to the vaporizing, because it was uh, no, no, no. I didn't get to it yet. Hold on. Are you talking about when Schmidt has the the Nazi soldiers kind of investigating, see what he's been up to? Yeah. No, that's later on. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All yes. Right. 
So we cut to Zola and Schmidt and a painting is being made. It's red paint. And I love it. Like Schmidt's just sitting there, red skull, you know, getting painted. If you know the comics and you see all that red paint, you know what's going on. If you don't, you're kind of like, oh, okay. He's like, what do you think, doctor? And he, <laughs> a, a masterpiece. And um, don't under, they didn't give oh. good detail as to why he turns red or why he turns into this red skull thing. I, just, I mean, I, I understand the comics and I remember that, but yeah. in the movie, I feel like it's just like, okay. They just say, hey, he's a bad guy. Skull. He's a bad guy. He got worse and now he's a red skull. I completely agree with you. There was no like transition to that for I agree. me. I agree. Yeah, I do remember being really confused about it Yep. when I first watched it in 2011. Yeah, I, um, could, I could see that for sure. I So they're talking about the... Um, super soldier soldier and they found Dr. Erskine and um, Dr. Zola seems to have almost a conscience for a second because Red Skull is saying that he's already given the order for him to be killed. You mean Dr. Zola? Is that what I said? You said Erskine. No. Zola has, I feel like there's, there's a lot of moments where Zola has a conflict in his heart almost where he's like, he's struggling with what is in front of him. Like he knows this is getting bad. And I completely agree with you. I saw that probably two or three times and I was shocked to kind of see, he kept going on with the path. (laughs) Everything seemed to set up. I'm going to turn. Um, and yeah, I think it was that he, because he was a scientist, he wanted someone. I mean, like it's hard to be a scientist if you don't have any funding, if you don't have anybody who's giving you the equipment that you need. And mm-hmm. so I think that that was just his, the vehicle he had for being able to do research and he had to take it, even though he might be the bad guy. Yep. I agree. So we see, you know, that we see now we kind of cut to a scene and I might be skipping ahead. So feel free to call me out guys where it's Steve Rogers and Peggy sitting in the back seat of a car mm-hmm. getting transported to the site of the procedure. And I don't think Rogers knows how quickly and close it really is. And I love this exchange because it's, it's innocence. It's almost being naive. It's being a skeptic a little bit, but um, you know, I love how he talks about, I got beat up in that back parking lot and down that alley. And he just kind of starts pointing out where he all, where he got beat up. And you know, you could have run, you know that, right? That's what agent Carter says to Steve. And you start running, they'll never let you stop. And, um, and I love Peggy's line and I might take it. Emmy, you might have Peggy's line, Peggy Carter's line to respond. You don't, she goes, I know what it's like to have every door shut in your face. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was powerful too. You know, I thought that was really, really important to note there. And, uh, I thought, you know, these are two characters that are used to being the underdog. They're used to being yeah. fight, you know, fighting that glass ceiling that they cannot ever obtain to. I, I thought it was a beautiful moment between two characters. And I love where she basically goes, you have no idea to talk to a, how to talk to a woman. Do you? She calls him out right there. And I loved it. And like, I love Steve's response. This is the longest I've ever talked to one. And it's really <laughs> innocent. It's really beautiful. And she goes, you must've danced. And he, and then they kind of talk for a little bit and he goes, I figured I'd wait. And she goes for what the right partner. Okay. Well, we'll hold on that one for later movies, but how beautiful Mm -hmm. I I, I just, I don't know, Clinton, I'm going to turn to you, man. This whole exchange, 
I, I know I get it. I'm a fanboy, but there's a lot that they're setting up for future movies to come. I'm smiling ear to ear as a comic book fan and as a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan. I mean, we've been 23 movies. What were your thoughts on this exchange in the, the back of a taxi or wherever it was, really? I thought that it was it, it, it's emotional. It was emotional rewatching, knowing what happens. And they keep this dance theme going through this movie too. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and yes, yes. Peggy likes to dance, apparently. So, but I like that little. Wait setup till she sees Kevin Bacon. <laughs> what? What? Kevin, what? Kevin Bacon. Wait till she sees him. Footloose. Oh God. <laughs> that comes up later in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Or Patrick Swayze. Ooh, dirty. All right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I like that. It's just, I know it seemed a little bit cheesy with like the way they're talking, but I like the innocence of it. I and I like how it's just a normal conversation. It ain't like looking into her eyes and she's gorgeous and I'm falling in love with her. It's just like this innocent conversation between someone who's naive and two people that have been the underdog in life. And they're just kind of relating to each other and build it. They're building up it, the payoff for them. It isn't just like, I saw you, we fell in love, like the Thor and Jane thing. Oh, yes, exactly. Yes. exactly. Preach, so brother. They're building Preach. up that relationship. So I appreciated that a lot. Mm, completely agreed. Emmy, what were your thoughts on this exchange? I am exactly the same. Is that it was, it was the beginning of a friendship, and it wasn't like an immediate, oh my gosh, you're so hot, and I can't keep my hands off of you. It was like a, a building of a relationship, not just like Jane Foster and Thor where it was like, Oh my God, I'm in love with you. Teach me about the nine realms. Yeah. (laughs) Big hammer boy. (laughs) To Thor's point though, he was not, uh, Captain America wasn't built like Thor. So not yet, not yet, but I'm just saying, (laughs) I love how he's like, Steve is not as cool. (laughs) Like aliens, (laughs) aliens. No, I didn't mean that. I'm just saying, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. If an alien falls from the sky and it looks like that, like a Greek god statue, <laughs> and he pays you attention. If you can see Clinton's eyes right now, they're so, so set. A little dweeb. Oh my gosh, you're a bully, Clinton. You're I'm not a bully. You're a I'm bully. not a bully. You are a bully, sir. <laughs> no, you're I'm not. Just but, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Captain America can take it now. Yeah. So we see we're now. I'm at- leaving. <laughs> Emmy, we were supposed to pick on Brandon this episode. <laughs> oh, and you're I'm not sorry. coming through for me. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I got to get myself back in the. The thing okay, about Clinton is yes. he can keep a straight face really, really well. So that breaks me more than sometimes his jokes is like how serious that face looks. So anyway. And I usually don't do straight well. So saying I can keep a straight face is a good thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the MCU and Review Podcast, where we accept everybody if you don't get on out of here. So <laughs> Brooklyn <laughs> Brooklyn Antiques is more than meets the eye, is what I write in this note. This is where they pull up into Brooklyn Antiques. Steve Rogers is a little confused. Hey, why are we going into here? And they walk in, and st- I didn't write down this line. I, I had wrote down so many lines at this point, I almost felt like ah, I keep typing lines. I need to stop. But it's literally like, lovely weather, isn't it? But I always carry an umbrella, umbella just Codes. in case. Code words. Wit. Yes. Wit. 
Um, I I didn't personally. I watched maybe three seasons of Agents of Shield. Once they gave uh, Ghost Rider a character, I was like, deuces, I'm out of here. What about Bane? Um, was he in Agents of Shield? Uh, Bane is not an agent, Agents of Shield, so far as I know. I mean, Age, I didn't get that far. Agent Coulson, why don't you? Anyway, so there's an episode of Agents of Shield where they um, there's somebody who walks out of a building and says, for the season, it's been unusually rainy. And Coulson says, rain or shine, the man with the umbrella is always ready. Oh, that was a cool callback. Good job, Emmy. To the Umbrella Corporation from Resident Evil. I see what they're doing here. Oh, (laughs) the Umbrella Corporation. I went there when I was over at the bar and I went I have a question. So the <laughs> old lady. The, yes, what you got? The <laughs> old lady. The old lady in the bookstore. Is that the same actress that plays Aunt May in the Raimi Spider-Man? There's no way, but she looks it exactly looks like her. Like her. I did not know. Okay. I agree, but there's no way. If we need to is Google it? that. I'm, I don't I know, but there's I'm no way. It. I'm Googling it. Please okay. Google it. Did y'all think that when you I, saw her? I didn't when I saw it, but now that you say it, it's like literally you opened my eyes. It looks just like her. Agreed. Agreed. Man. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that little wink. Hey, look it's at this. It's not really a wink, but like, I know, you know what, what you I'm mean. saying. Uh, uh, there's so many Easter eggs. There's Easter eggs embedded in all this, whether it's in the comics. Amy's or- going to look it up, and I'm going to be wrong. Yeah. But, but it looks it's like it's still her, a cool. Like I don't know. I think that's really cool. Like with the Human Torch, they didn't own Fox at that time. Obviously, they weren't even bought by Disney, but they still do those little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think that would be really cool if they got the actress who played Aunt May. But I don't think it's the same person. I think they're two different people, but they look a lot alike. They look a lot alike. I, this says it's Paul Burquist, and I don't think that that's right. Because uh, Paul Bunyan. We knew he was going to show up in the MCU interview. That's it. You guys carry on. I'm going to IMDb this and see. I'm going to find that actress that While we're doing anime. research, we will switch to. We're good. So what did you think of Aunt May as the Brooklyn Antiques lady? I'm assuming she's not the person, but I'm curious it's to hear. It's not. I can't uh, find anything on it. I can't even find who the actress's name is that is that person in the, the library. I mean, because yeah. it was such a quick yeah. line. I'm assuming she's not that well-known of an actress. I mean, just being You honest. don't know her. <laughs> Come at her like that. <laughs> this was 2011. She's probably... Whoa, don't you throw that death certificate out there. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. You did that. that was <laughs> no, all no. People can't see your face, Emmy. All right. That's what I'm annoyed at. It's like, she already <laughs> lost Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> she opened a bookstore, retired in New York. Oh, that's right. Comic book movies or comic book jokes make me laugh more than anything. They already. She already lost Uncle Ben. What is it like for her to shop for rice, you jerk? <laughs> When, oh she my see, gosh. when she sees Uncle Ben's, do you think she chooses that or Rice Aroni? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, MCU in review. That's the only content you'll find here. If you find that anywhere else, please let us know. Tweet us, Instagram us, whatever you yeah, need. I'd like to, to do. listen to that podcast because I love our podcast. If you can find something else, that would be great. Um, so, her and Peggy mm-hmm. Carter, Miss um, Carter, if you're nasty. Make that exchange so she can go into the back of the bookstore to where they're doing the program. Yes. Correct. And the all right. 
Thank you for getting us there, Clinton. And we see like the doors open up. There's all these cool little, I mean, it's literally everything from like a kid's fantasy. Like, Oh man, there's a secret vault. There's a secret. This it's behind this store. Um, really cool, really cool. And we see the entire research facility and lab with Dr. Abraham. And oh, Amy Ur- forgot. <laughs> anytime you hear Abraham, just get ready. And Howard Stark among others. And we see the chamber uh, that is going to encase Steve Rogers. And he kind of lays down. And he has to take off his shirt and his tie to get ready because that makes sense. You know, you don't want to bust down a shirt like the Hulk, but his pants are fine. That's weird. Okay, so that was cool. They tell him to sit down, and he seems nervous. This is a part where I kind of start seeing he looks a little nervous. And Dr. Abraham, Amy's still not ready. Erskine, I'm Erskine. sorry. <laughs> and we see the first step. He says, this is the first step on the path to peace. Uh, they inject Steve Rogers, and obviously we see the effects of penicillin because <laughs> he says yeah. that wasn't so bad, and he, and and he, he, the doctor implies that was penicillin, and just kind of rolls his eyes. I thought it was a cute little moment, another funny. I laughed out loud moment, like that was penicillin. <laughs> um, the serum a serum infusion begins. Excuse me. The and surgery, if you will. Procedure, jerk. <laughs> I didn't say it. You did. Yeah, but you're bringing it up, so you are being a jerk. I'm known to hold people's past against them. That's, so. that's how Clinton rolls, everybody. That's, that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> <laughs> and we see Steve's eyes hold, uh, bug out. I immediately said, Hulk, anybody? Like, we see that just immediately. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys thought the same thing. It wasn't the Hulk. That was Steve Rogers. He's going to be Captain America, Brandon. <laughs> but it is it is cool that you thought that and you put those two together because doesn't the Hulk happen because Bruce Banner is trying to do the, the same super soldier program Correct. that died with Dr. Abraham Erskine. Exactly. And that's where so I thought was a cool callback to Captain America and the Hulk where they kind of have a connection there, which we see later on in the movies and in the comics. I thought it was a cool callback. I'm kidding. I, I think it's cool, too, that Howard is present. For this, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, and it just gives so much more weight to when Tony and Cap meet later. Because mm, yes. he was just a legend. His dad, I mean, his dad probably told him about him. We see that up. slight. I don't even going to, I'm not even going to consider this a spoiler, but I will say it. Like, yeah, I love when Iron Man says, my dad would never shut up about you. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I thought that was really cool. It's almost a little jealousy, a little bit annoyance, you know, like, and this is the weapons plus program. Right. Fun fact. Oh, I did not know that. Which, well, this is the super soldier program, right? But the weapons plus, I did not know that was one of the same. Well, yeah, I think I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure in the, comics it is the super soldier program in the movies they have called it the weapons or i might have that backwards but it's it's one in the same but one is from the movies and one is from the comics it was the name thing and do you know why wolverine is called weapon x oh man yeah i clinton educate the fans um he is the 10th uh i don't what's the word i'm looking for not I want to. I wanted to say victim, but the tenth experiment. Experiment from this program. Right. This is the same program Captain America went through. <clears throat> exactly, and they Wait. even thought about doing Logan callbacks to this yes. movie, but because of the rights, they did not. Right. I thought that was really and cool. S- 
And I wrote down, I'm not going to bore everyone with the list from the comics that were in this from one through 10, but I wrote down the names of them and weapon zero. I'm just going to go to one. Okay. Weapon zero was John Steele. Weapon one was Clinton McIntyre. Just so you know, that's my name, and I'm gonna <laughs> your name is drop Clint- it there. Your name is Clinton McIntyre. That is absolutely crazy. Yeah, that's my podcast name because my first name is Clinton. I'm a huge fan of Reba McIntyre, so I just felt like it worked really well. Wait, so is the Hulk on that list? Is he one of those ten? He is not. There was different iterations in the comics, and they retconned a lot of it. Um, what does the word retcon mean? Fix after like, the fact. Yeah, like they changed the storyline in the comics, like they reset it. Yep. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So Deadpool was also one of those before yeah. it was retconned. Okay. So he was also one of the um people. Here on the MCU interview podcast, we're very professional and we eat chicken enchiladas while we podcast. So if you're wondering like, <laughs> why does Brandon sound like his mouth is full for the last five minutes? <laughs> I'm so sorry. But I feel like I need to talk. So Really cool stuff, Clinton. Really cool. Uh, no one us, no one else heard it until you said it. I can yep, edit this sure. out at any time. That is at a certain mark on the third take, so I will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but then we see um, we see Captain America gets enclosed in this chamber, and, and yes, what you got, Amy? We see numbers again: sixty percent, seventy percent. 80%. And that is for yeah. that is literally for like a minute of the movie instead of for an hour and a half of the movie. I will take okay. that any day of the week. Don't let you? it go. Let <laughs> it go. <laughs> exactly. I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up. <laughs> so um, I thought that was really, really cool. We see the bottle rays begin stimulating growth. 70% and that's when Steve begins screaming. Shut it down, Agent Carter screams. And we see Steve say, "No, don't. I can do this." 80%, 90%, 100%. We finally see <laughs> it doesn't go ding like a like a like a easy bake oven from our childhood. <laughs> but it does say, "Hey, basically the whole thing goes Okay, we're back in Captain uh, we're back in superhero land. It's awesome. Okay. And I love that the the pod opens up, we see the most muscular man in the entire world. That's the same guy. That's the same guy as we saw before. Crazy. What did you think, Emmy? Um, Peggy goes over and touches. Yes. Him. <laughs> and I read, and I'm not sure how accurate this is, but that Improbbed. was improvised. I did too. Yeah. I did too. And she was just so amazed by Chris Evans' physique that she couldn't stop herself from touching him. Why do and I? I don't think. I don't think I've ever. Uh, like I, I, I agree. I get. I get that. I get that. I, it made me love Haley Atwell. It was just so yeah. adorable. It was a cute moment. I've heard, I've read it's improvised as well. Clinton, you you as well. Yes, I did love that part too. And some this just reminded me when you talked about his physique. I didn't get to say it in the Thor um, review, but you know how they love to make Thor shirtless throughout the MCU. I don't know what you're talking Have about. Have you I've noticed never, that? I've never noticed. I mean. It. Like they all no, I every, completely agree. every Thor yes. movie they have him a scene shirtless. Almost every superhero they have shirtless at one point. But but well, that's Chris, because females are involved. So you're welcome, guys. I, well, I, I, but I'm not Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> my point is Chris Hemsworth hates shirtless scenes. He hates doing the I shirtless did not know scenes. That. Yes, okay. I meant to say that in the Thor one, but 
Yeah, he hates when he has to do the shirtless scenes. Uh, so we are still not confirmed about Chris Evans yet. So we will be on the lookout for that. So <laughs> we see this adorable moment between Haley Atwell and Chris Evans, but also Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter, where she she touches him once he comes out of the pod. He's super <clears throat> muscular. And I love I love Colonel Phillips, Tommy Lee Jones character, where he's like, son of a bitch did it. <laughs> just yeah. just this quick little line, but it's his delivery that makes it funny. I can say it and it's not funny. I promise you his delivery is way funnier than mine. I laughed so hard I had to pause the movie. <laughs> Deadpan. Like you can't tell when you're joking. I, I can love it. I can tell when he's joking. I can tell when he's joking the whole time because it always ends with that that he doesn't do this. Unless he's joking. It, he does this smile and then this complete, like, he just turns off his face and it goes into that's, this, like, that's uh, literally like, turn off my face, all, all smiles, every muscle I have in my face is gone. I'm just going to look completely straight ahead of the camera and just not be amused. I know, I know your secret, Clinton. So anyway, uh, I thought that was really, really funny. Um, maybe not pause the movie because we're laughing so hard funny, but I still thought it was really, really cool. And then we see uh, a German spy um, where uh, Mr. Abraham, or excuse me, I put Mr. Dr. Abraham Erskine is shot by a Russian spy who is Hans Gruger, which is a fun fact is played by Richard Armitage, who plays Thorin Oakenshield in the Hobbit movies. So the German spy in Captain America, the first Avenger is Thorin Oakenshield in the Hobbit movies. If you're an extra nerd like me, I hope you understand that. Ooh. My mind is blown. Same guy. I thought that was. Wow. Weird. Yes. So uh, Dr. Abraham gets, uh, he points towards Steve's heart. Very cliche superhero moment here as he's dying. He points towards Steve's heart saying, hey, you know, obviously be a good man. Never forget your heart. It's a beautiful moment, but it's still very superhero-y. It's very, you know, okay. Um, and then we see Thorin Oakenshield run and shoot an old lady, uh, Aunt May. So we see Thorin Oakenshield from the Hobbit series shoot Aunt May from Spider-Man. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting intense here in this Captain America movie. She dies the same way Uncle Ben did. Oh! In the streets of New York. Oh, Oh man, let's have a 10 second pause for Clinton's horrible joke. There. That wasn't horrible. That wasn't bad. Died the same way Uncle Vin did in the streets of New York. She wouldn't have had it any other way, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> she died doing what she loved, shooting at Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I completely that I that's awesome, actually. I think that's a great way to think of it. And then we see Peggy Carter with an eagle eye. Takes out the driver. I mean, like a sniper. I thought this was awesome. I said with an amazing shot. Boom. He gets he gets taken right out. We see Thorne Oakenshield grabbing the nearest taxi to look for his hobbit friends. And he grabs the taxi and starts driving. And we see Peggy staying, not flinching. Not, you know what I mean? Not flinching at all. This car is driving towards her. And she gets mad at Captain America for pushing her out of the way. Even though it is a car, like it's you shoot the driver, the car is still coming. I'm like gonna, it is not going to stop. But if the car, if he did push her out of the way, you would have said she was the damsel in distress. He did. You, he does. He does. And that don't bother you. I mean, I didn't think that because she was oh. not need. Oh no, I will say this right now. She. Didn't, this is how hold I Hold on, Clinton, in, Clinton, Clinton. Hold on. <laughs> she did not need saving. She was willing to take the shot and die yeah. for it. To me, damsel in distress is looking at a 
beeper in Iron Man 2 on the stairs and being like, what? what? Beep, 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 but as this is the same setup that happened in um, Thor when the stuff was falling oh, from do, the sky and not, the guy pushed her out of the way. Do not compare Jane but Foster to was, Agent Carter. <laughs> Don't do that. This was her choice. She chose to stand in front yes, of her. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I agree. Okay. And I love that. The, especially, I'm just playing devil glad. No, devil it's all glad good. Too. And when Steve Rogers no, pushes her out of the way, her response isn't like, oh, God, I almost died. Or oh, thank, thank you. you. No, I had him. That is the first <laughs> three. That's three, fair. That's uh, fair. I stand corrected. That, that to me is not a damsel in distress. And I agree with you. Uh, you know, guys, I, I really feel like this is just I'm going to go back to the same word. The same two words. Badass. This oh. is this is a badass. We see Steve kind of full blown. I'm not going to say Captain America because he's just in a tight T-shirt and khaki pants at this point. But he runs after the Nazi infiltrator through New York. The taxi rolls and Steve holds on to the car and he holds on to the door. Emmy, what's your thoughts? I okay. You said pants because he has grown. They have not. They're not pants anymore. They are. And let me let me let this pun just hit your ears real quick. They are cap, please. Oh man, <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot, though. But yeah, I loved I loved watching him running down the streets in his capris, jumping over cars, jumping over fences, like capris, capris. Yes, his capris, discovering the fact that he now has like the body strength to do whatever he wants to. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, it was almost like watching Iron Man fly for the first time. <sighs> I, I, really cool Thanks. point. Really cool point. Clinton. And then we see, and I know it's a cliche point and I can understand this because it's the second time we see it with the garbage can lid. And then we see the taxi car, you know, uh, or car door where he holds it up and there's a shield right in the middle. I get that to me. It's a little overplayed at this point. So I completely get that point, but you can almost see, you know, this kid gets thrown in the ocean and like the kid, I love this part too. The kid's not just some <laughs> kid in distress either. He's like, go no, get him. I can swim. And I'm like, yeah. Good for you, dude. Awesome job. I just like that where you think it's going to zig, it zags a little bit. I, I really, really like that. And we see the first ever water Batmobile as a big Batman fan. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, Is that yes. what you wrote? That's exactly what I wrote. <laughs> I love it. A Batman submarine. Yes, I, I put the watermobile. Uh, the Batman watermobile is what I wrote down. What, is, what does Bane think of this Batman submarine? <laughs> I'll tell you, Clinton, it looks like a burger <laughs> when you go down the street and you go Wow, thank you, Bane, for that wonderful take. If you need subtitles just like I did, thank you. We will find those as soon as possible. Yes, no, I thought it was absolutely... We're going to have a theme to every episode. Bruce, and then we... I, I don't even remember. We have so many now. Doug Butts, I think, is... Uh, and you name. still haven't put it in the description. I know. I'm so sorry. I need to do that. But uh, Bane... We're going to say Clinton, Emmy, and Brandon, and Bane give their thoughts on... <laughs> Iron, or, excuse me, on Captain America, the first Avenger. But um, I thought this was really funny. It was the water Batman-mobile. Batman uh, Steve... I, yeah, what you got, Emmy? I'm sorry. If you have yeah. an escape submarine, guess what? you might be the bad guy who has an escape submarine. Like, why is that just there? Why? Tyler had a problem with this scene too. He did. He was like, this, this don't fit. It was too it easy. Was, yeah. Well, and they mentioned later that he got to the, the procedure in um, the Senator's car. 
So who right. drove the submarine to park it there? To it was just it was just. I mean, oh I didn't, boy, oh boy, that crashed the party. Oh boy, that crashed the uh, the uh, procedure. He drove it there. Thorin Oakenshield. <laughs> no, but he. They say later. Just because he, he's looking for the treasure, that doesn't mean. And he's a he's a dwarf. Does not mean he can't drive or or <laughs> you're welcome amy i think it's just okay clicked. i think i, I think understand what down. you're saying but they <laughs> say later that senator whatever his name was the senator that was there drove him in his car i think uh phillips says like why don't you tell me why there was a german spy who rode to the procedure in your car you know that things can happen beyond just- oh my gosh <laughs> not this again <laughs> I just think if we spend too long, be like, how did that vehicle arrive there? I just, I, don't... I was trying to give you time to eat your enchilada. <laughs> Thanks. But I feel like it's reaching almost like, how okay. did that Batman mobile get there? Like if we start doing this, we're going to be like the worst people in the entire, <laughs> like, well, well how did... I told Tyler, I was like, look, these people are way, Hydra's way advanced with our technology right now. Right. Obviously. And, and it was there. So. But it didn't stay there long. Yeah. Captain America swam there like Aquaman and pulled him out of there, and it was done. And how, why do you need Aquaman when you have Steve Rogers that's willing to punch the Batmobile underwater and get those guys out? So he obviously dives in, swims, punches glasses, throws him out of the water. Who the hell are you? And we hear the first quote that we hear actually numerous times in the MCU. Uh, first of many, cut off one head, two more shall take its place. Hail Hydra. And I thought, you know, I didn't realize how important that line was when I saw this before the Avengers, but I realize now, especially when we see the events in the next movies, uh, really, really cool, exciting stuff. I thought it was very silly that Captain America looks at his arms at the end of this scene. Yeah, like he was, just, just now long. notices that he's bigger. <laughs> That's he's what like, I do every morning. What is going on here? Oh, I'm a big man now. <laughs> Why does he like, have an it was just silly. Yeah, when did he get that accent, Clint? Can you tell me? <laughs> From that. Uh, I'm a big man now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have lost all Americanism and I am just large. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna start a. Uh, we're gonna start a store that it's between Verizon and Walmart. We're gonna call it Walmart, and it's gonna be Swedish. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I don't know. That was something that was in my head. I apologize. I. I that's just what happens. Oh God! Welcome to Walmart, everybody. You can get your Verizon phone and your Walmart supplies all at once. Welcome to Walmart. Oh, here's our shopper Bane. How are you? I love shopping at Walmart. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is the worst episode we've ever made. Or the I best. Or the best. I will let you decide. If you enjoyed my horrible Bane impression throughout this whole episode, tweet us so I can prove Clinton wrong how amazing my impression was. Uh, oh, gosh. We're back. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so we see the... Uh, we kind of flip now to... Hydra. This is the scene you were talking about earlier, uh, Emmy, where the Nazis are basically, yeah, exactly. The Nazis are questioning the research and kind of the output of what Hydra is delivering. And, you know, he, the, the Nazis question, do you aim to finish this war through magic? And Schmidt is quick to respond science. And we see Schmidt has now gone completely rogue 
And we also see the power of the Tesseract where he starts shooting these guys and they're not just, you know, it's not bang, bang, shoot, shoot. They're done. They're dead. No, they're like disintegrating through the power of the Tesseract. Um, and this is another moment. The second time I think of this movie where we see Zola almost taken back. Oh my gosh. You know, he, he like almost, am I making the right decision? Am I a part of the right team here? Um, this is going against the Nazis at this point. This is, you know, it, it was really interesting. Emmy, what was your thoughts? Um, if you are vaporizing people, <laughs> you might be the bad you guy. You might be. A- <laughs> also, if you're killing Nazis because you're worse than the Nazis, you're the bad guy. It's like, this is not, I'm not going to get too political here, but it almost reminded me of like ISIS and the Taliban. You know what I mean? Like it was like Hydra and the Nazis where there's even worse than what you think is worse. (laughs) I, I, that's immediately what I kind of related it to in my mind as I was watching. Yeah. I went to uh, Christina Aguilera versus Britney Spears. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Some people. Team Britney. Oh, no, no, no. Christina Aguilera. I'm just going to say it right now. Oh, yeah. Dirty. Amy, do the tiebreaker. Oh, I Christina know, or know the tiebreaker from those eyes alone. <laughs> so. Have you seen the content that she's been putting out on Instagram since quarantine? Oh, never no, mind. We're, we're talking early 2000s. Oh, Brittany well, or Christina. Still. Who is it, Emmy? Brittany. Genie in a bottle. Yes. Dirty. Come on, uh, guys. Come on. Insane. Oops, I did it again. Hit me, baby, one more time. Lucky. <laughs> I mean, I can keep going. You I seem so offended lucky. that I picked Christina. You're like lucky. <laughs> you just, oh man, it's it's. I, I wish everyone. We we're gonna do a video podcast one day because I think sometimes our facial expressions are just as good. <laughs> like lucky. Do you not even know where you're are at, you, son? Were you under a rock? <laughs> that's if we if I could describe what I see sometimes. Like I'm. Yeah, it's really really amazing. So um, we see. You know, Schmidt say, Hail Hydra. And Zola's like, Hail Hydra. Uh, okay. Every time y'all say Zola, I keep thinking you say Zoloft. <laughs> oh, the rock and roll destroyer. I understand that. Yes. So, uh, no, the medicine. It, yeah, it, it, what are you talking about? It's the rock and roll destroyer. It brings Zoloft? Up, yes. It, what, what does it fight? I guess if you take Zoloft, it might make you not rock and roll thank so. you it's the rock and roll destroyer and if you've never checked out zoloft the rock and roll destroyer with lead singer anthony green check them out they're really really good i enjoy their that band very much so anyway. what what is happening what happened? So oh my gosh real. guys okay everyone brandon stop making stuff up i'm <laughs> zoloft the rock and roll destroyer after this podcast records i'm going to play a song for emmy and clinton and you guys can check them out too on youtube they have some really really good hits so anyway zoloft the rock and roll destroyer i stand by that reference and i know can we start calling zola zoloft the rock and roll destroyer for <laughs> we, let's do it all right i'm surprised i didn't write that down <laughs> zola the rock and roll destroyer. Uh, okay you're welcome i threw that one out again so, um, and then we see it cut to, man, we go, this is rabbit hole upon rabbit hole upon rabbit hole. Sorry. We're gonna, we're, no, no, I love it. We're going to pull out like 20. So we see that, um, Colonel Phillips, he, uh, he's talking to Steve Rogers at this point and he goes, I asked for an army and all I got was, yes, you, you are not enough. Pretty hard. Uh, he's still not enough. He took on the soldier the super soldier serum and he is it's that theme over and over he is still not enough 
dad. I agree. I, I completely agree. And, you know, I love that he's uh, the senator, I believe, is the one that says you don't need to hide a symbol in a lab. Congratulations. You just got promoted. And we see Captain America become the showman that we always thought he could be. And that was the end of the movie. He ends up going on Broadway in movies and that's all we know. So no, hated, 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 hated oh. this part of the movie. Ooh, hated. Really? Disagree. Emmy, what was your thoughts? I disagree. I think that that was a really intelligent way to introduce. And I'm sorry, Brandon, but that God awful suit. Yeah. That is so no, I agree. It's dated. It's very dated. Yeah. I agree. I think that that was, I thought that was a really clever way to do that. And I also like that they call him a symbol. Like yes. they don't give him any humanity. They say that he is a symbol. I get that. And I get the suit part of it. I hate, I think I hated it because he gets his Captain America name because he was this little show to travel. Prop, I hated that. I hated I, I, I like that though. It was it felt like a cop out to me, like an easy way to do it. I also, but I in that same turn, Clinton, because I can see why you said that and I, I don't disagree with you at all, man. But I completely also see it as a you know what, I'm gonna make this mean something. You know, this was what I was dealt, but I'm going to make this word, this title. He almost says it as a joke. When he first announces himself as Captain America, when he's rescuing the prisoners, they're like, who are you? And he goes, I'm Captain America, like shrugging and laughing and smiling. Or he wasn't laughing, but he kind of like smirked about it. Like, uh, okay, I love that it ended up becoming, you know, I'm going to define who Captain America is, not this little show. And I guess I guess you can see a transition here for him because right. it plays into his naivety. Naivety? Yeah. His naiveness. Like he's naive and he goes with it. Yes. But then that turning point, I did like, I, I so, don't know. So he's it, thrown into this whole, he has to be this, you know, this symbol as, yeah, as we talked about this symbol for America and this guy who's a promoter of the show, he goes, sell a few bonds, bonds, buy bullets, bullets, kill Nazis, bing, bang, boom. And he goes, play ball and we can get you leading your own platoon. So you can see the underlying why he's doing this. Like, you know, but I don't know. I think he loses himself in the show a little bit. You see that later on. And, and I, I actually wrote down what Emmy said about the costumes. I wrote, love the nod to the old costumes. Hate the cheesiness of him being a circus show. Right. And I think he hates the cheesiness of him being a circus show, which if you see his drawing later on, he's literally drawing himself as a circus monkey, a circus Wait. act. That's true. I didn't catch. I mean, I saw him doing that. Right. But that I mean, that makes sense. Exactly. Cat can draw. Like, yes, that was an amazing It's draw. funny. I have that drawing of the circus monkey. I'm not kidding. I'm too obsessed with this man. I need to stop. But I have that. For I, real. I swear to you guys, I really do. You can ask my fiance. Anyway, but who will campaign door to door for America? Carry the flag shore to shore for America. The star-spangled man with a plan. No. I'm... I, I I was eating this up. I'm sorry. I know it's like this part, but I just, I enjoyed the forties part of it. The hokiness. I, I I'm just, I'm invested. I don't know why. Emmy, what was your thoughts? I'm not going to lie. The song is a bop. Like it's <laughs> catchy. I enjoy it. it. Yeah. I, I may not agree with all of it, but I, I'm literally like <laughs> the star spangled man. I'm like singing the whole thing, losing my mind. And then he lifts it's a motorcycle above his head. Yes. Fireworks <laughs> are going off. And I'm just like saluting the TV. And I, I it just, 
I, I'm losing Listen, I've life. been to a Britney Spears concert. This did not hold up. This did not hold up. Okay. This felt very toxic of you, Clinton, to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. But I was lucky enough to go to the concert. Well, oops, I did it again, bringing up Captain America and his amazingness. <laughs> You don't know more. I beat Clinton. Brandon, uh, I can't think of anything. It's Carry all on. It's all uh, good, man. The only one I can think of is if you see cake. Oh, <laughs> whoa! The children in the audience if cover you your ears. Amy, you know, if, if you I, if you speak Amy, if you see, I will. I will say that um, during the little circus part, um, all eyes were on him in the center of the ring, just like a circus. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Did you catch? Brandon didn't I, catch that one. That, <laughs> yes. And I also need to stop with the that Britney Spears a, references, or I'm going to lose my mind. Is all I'm going to say because we've thrown out Britney Spears 15 times. But hey, Britney Spears, Captain America, one and the same, guys. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're listening, I love you. Yeah. Thank you for still. Same. Hoping. I always am rooting for you. I pray to you every night. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I'm going to get us out of here, guys. I promise. I will get us out of this. I promise. Here I come. Okay. So um, we see the bit with Cap socking Hitler. 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 Hitler on the jaw. I wrote, you know, when you write down Hitler on the jaw and then you say Hitler, that's really what happens. But the bit with Cap socking Hitler on the jaw, and it's taken straight from the cover of Captain America Comics number one, which I have yeah. hanging up right outside of this room. I'll bring my laptop on one of our breaks. I'm sorry, but I thought it was a cool, the comic book, comic book nerd in me is losing his mind right now. It's something I see hanging up all the time. It's a poster I bought years and years ago, and it's really cool. I, I just love Marvel Studios. I love, you don't see this much with any other studio with comic book properties where they're willing to have this. I don't know. I just, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Did I you think, love it? <laughs> I think it's not surprising that you have all of these things hanging around your house. I think it's more surprising that you have a fiance. My fiance, oh, God. my fiance is a wonderful woman and I love her dearly. Yes. And she actually <laughs> listens to this podcast. So she's probably going to be offended by your statement in me. And I can't wait. So, oh, really? <laughs> oh yeah, because you know what? She loves me jerk. She loves me. <laughs> so you're really, making, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, that was rude. I, I question, that was rude. I, I apologize. It. I question it every evening. She I keeps hope. living in the shadow of Captain America. I feel bad. I know. For her. Yeah. We have like a list of like three that like, I'm like LeBron James, Captain America, <laughs> Like guys, it's sad. Like there's, I have a couple of man crushes. I, I won't lie, um, but Captain America is definitely number one. And uh, uh, we see he have he has his own comics, his own movies. We see him meet Star Lord's mom. I don't know if you guys caught that, but the wait, what? There's a blonde woman who shows up looking for an autograph for uh, Captain America. It's the same actress. It's not Star Lord's mom, but it's the same actress who plays Star Lord's mom. Yeah, it's a quick. Yeah, tape. Sharon Star Lord. <laughs> oh man, I... my head hurts. <laughs> so, but I thought that was uh, it, okay. More recasting as Clinton's point. You think there's just two, but then there's three and then there's four. Um, but she just makes a quick appearance. You like literally she shows up for two seconds, like and Captain America kind of caught up in the whole ego trip of the 
the the showbiz and the glitz and the glamour. He, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then I wrote down the Star Spangled Man with a plan. I literally wrote that down, so I must have been singing the song as I typed that out. <laughs> um, and then we kind of go straight to Captain America on his tour because we see him stop by in Chicago and we see him stop by in New York and Boston and all these places. But then we see him in Italy, 1943, to a much different reaction, obviously a much different location. And he's tomatoed off the stage. <laughs> yeah. And this is fall flat. Yeah. Yeah. And we see him also drawing the monkey in a circus, a symbol of how he feels is what I wrote. Um, and I, I thought this was really, really cool. And who else? Peggy Carter shows up. Um, the badass is what I'm going to call her. And she goes, you were meant for more this, more than this, you know? And it's not Steve I, realizing this. This is Peggy bringing this out. And I really appreciated that. What did you think, Lynn? You've got the female lead of the movie. Yeah taking charge and taking a stance and encouraging the main character of this movie to go and fight. And I thought that was, that was a good shift for Marvel. Yes. I 100% agree. Yep. Completely agree. Clinton. Very well said. And, um, you can see that then Schmidt sent out a force 200 men, 200 men went out 50 returned. It was a part of the one Oh seventh. Um, and obviously if you listen to the very first bit of this movie, which I don't think we touched base on in this review, but the 107th is where Bucky was going. He was that was part of his platoon. So, okay, 150 people are gone. You can see Steve runs out to Colonel Phillips asking for an update, asking for, hey, how's Bucky? Is he there? Is everything okay? And uh, Colonel Phillips says, I've signed more condolence letters than I'd care to uh, care to in a single day, but the name does sound familiar. Familiar, I'm sorry. So Bucky Barnes is either captured or he's killed. One of the two, but Steve, he feels he's lost his friend or is close to. And he's willing to risk his life to go behind em- enemy lines. And uh, then I see the U and the S and the helmets are getting pulled and the A is gone. I did not catch that the first time I watched this movie. I love the, I love I I'm going to say this. I loved this part. I love Marvel Studios. I love Marvel Studios. Like where they think three steps ahead so many times. Like little things that I don't notice the first time. I I just really appreciate this studio. So, what was your thoughts, Amy? You you got squinty eyes. I didn't catch this this time. What are you guys talking about? So when yeah. he decides to go off and try, you know, he meets with Colonel Phillips. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is his name. And he wants to know about if um, Bucky's Bucky, alive or not. Yeah, exactly. And he can't do anything. So then he decides, you know what? I'm going to fight. And then Agent Carter basically says, I can do you one better. He goes and gets equipment to go fight instead of being in his little uniform for his show. And the girls that are in the show wear the USA helmets. And then he goes and grabs the A helmet from USA so when it shows the showgirls going back out to dance, the girl who was supposed to have the A helmet is like, "What? what where's my helmet? He took the A helmet from okay. USA, which was which a great way. Helmet. Yes, it was such okay. a cool way to bring that in. That's I didn't notice that. But I, I mean, obviously, I noticed that the, like he took a helmet from one of the girls. But right. like, I didn't realize that it was a specific. And so we see Captain America jump from the plane like it's nothing. I thought this was really, really cool. And we see bombs and whatever and kind of explode in the sky. 
and he ends up being where the Hydra facility holds prisoners. And Cap makes his way to a heavily fortified area, and Cap jumps in the back of a car to make his way in. It's a pretty obvious shield is what I wrote. I mean, literally, it's got red, white, and blue. It's got the blue stars. I'm like, if you're going to kind of go into a heavily fortified fortress, I wouldn't be putting the red, white, and blue right on the back of your shield. I mean, it, And it's not even a real shield. It's his prop shield from the show. Hey, it's obviously a real shield because it was tested. So, you know, I don't know. Oh, I'm just kidding. It, I'm, I'm just saying. No, I I'm agree. And it's so, like, even with me, it was very obvious. I'm like, why would you not? I don't know. At look. least he covered up his outfit, though. I or agree. his costume or whatever you want to call it. I, I love. And then the prisoners say, because he gets to the prisoners ultimately, and he's trying to free them. And they're like, who are you supposed to be? Uh, I'm Captain America. Kind of says it with a smirk. I, I think he understands it. It's almost tongue-in-cheek. Like, you know, what else do I say? Um, Cap frees the prisoner, and all hell breaks loose. And Schmidt basically plans to detonate the entire facility. How can you tell that this is a villain, Emmy? Is there another way here? Okay, well, first of all, we did skip over. So the one of the... Okay, and I'm going to go ahead and say Howling Commandos, right? Correct. That was those dudes that... Yes. That, you can okay. find that fun, fun fact on MCU and Review's Twitter and Instagram. I've been posting fun facts about the Howling Commandos. So cool stuff. Dang, I haven't been on Instagram today. Yes. Which is... Good for me, but <laughs> yeah, check it out. I should get on there. Yes. And so um, should all of you. And I'm not yelling. I'm suggesting <laughs> MCU IN review. So um, but the one of them, the one with the handlebar mustache says, after seeing the Asian guy, says, Oh, we're taking everyone. And he says, I'm from Fresno. Fresno Ace. <laughs> I'm from Fresno Ace. Awesome. It's I it's almost it's I feel like it's subtle racism, but I like that they highlighted that and yes. said, like, just because somebody looks different doesn't mean that they're not American. And I liked that. I liked that highlight, and I wanted to to just put that out there. I'm glad you did. I agree. That was a good catch. I did. Yeah. My, my problem with the break-in here was he takes out all these guards, but he does not... If it were me breaking into that facility and I was dressed like I was, I would have taken one of the guards' outfits. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Hideous uh, outfits, though. Mm, cool, cool goggles. <laughs> I, I thought they were cool goggles as well. And then we see Cap finding Bucky, who has been experimented on. Poor Bucky, man. Uh, yeah. You know, little foreshadowing, I guess, here. But Bucky thought Steve was smaller. I thought this was funny. He's like, I thought you were smaller. And I laughed out <laughs> Bad loud. Bad writing. I laughed. Oh. Out. I laughed out loud at this part. Really? Yes, I did. I thought I thought it was really funny. And then he goes, what happened to you? And Steve goes, I joined the army. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I, I didn't, didn't hate it. I didn't either. I thought it was really funny. Um, so... It was really cool. Captain America kind of in full blown. He's starting to become his own. And uh, I wrote literally, and I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. No, no, this is, I think, Johann Schmidt that says this. So I didn't put it in quotes. So I did not. He's really coming into himself a lot here, though. Yes. um, Not a boy, but not yet a man. Stop. (laughs) I hate you. No more. No more. No, no more. Captain. And then Johann Schmidt goes, Captain America, how exciting. Cap punches Schmidt, and you can see a bit of red underneath his eyes. I thought that was really cool. The introduction here, when they're talking, this to me, I like. I know I'm giving y'all crap, and I'm kidding about a lot of this stuff. But the part where he says, "I'm a big fan of your films," was so campy to me. 
when Red Skull goes, I'm a big fan of your films, or however they talk. But I, I, I can't just thought it was, I can't do accents. I think it, I think it was just more posturing. I thought it was just <laughs> more like uh, diminishing who he was. You know, like you're just yeah. A, I mean, I guess I, you're yeah, just a star sense. in a film. You're nothing special. More of uh, an actor, right? That's what I more felt from it. Okay, okay, and, and I'll then, take that. And then we see Red Skull peel away his face after this. Super, terrifying yeah the awesome terrifying. yeah i thought this was really cool too guys and terrifying he peels away the face to reveal the red skull underneath and throws his face into the flame so he's done being johan schmidt he is full-blown red skull at this point i'm assuming and uh red skull makes his pl- uh escape via plane what you thinking amy he he shakes his hair out and it's reminiscent to me of Voldemort. I'm a big Harry Potter fan too, but it looks like Voldemort where he does like the, he's feeling himself and he touches his bald head. And then he, he, it looks like he shakes his hair out after he gets like that one piece of skin Mm -hmm. from behind Mm -hmm. his head. And he just kind of like, I mean, a total drag queen moment. And I, I loved it. (laughs) Still terrifying. (laughs) Still terrifying. I agree. And we see Zola take the hydromobile is what I called it. Uh, it I want that car, by the way. It's pretty slick. I would uh, change it with uh, a, a star, not the hydro symbol, but besides that, it's pretty yeah, slick. Yeah, besides that, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know how you know you're a bad guy <laughs> if you have a car like that? Yeah. I it, want that car, and I'm not a bad guy. See, mm. see, Emmy, mm. you're just, you are. <laughs> I will say, this is another part of Marvel that I love with Red Skull. Mm-hmm. They lean into it again. Yes. They lean, they don't care to go that crazy. Agreed, you know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed. I'm going to peel off my face and I look like a red skeleton. Yep. Just like the comics. I love it. I completely agree. And we see after all this is said and done, Colonel Phillips is writing that basically Rogers has been killed in action, writing him off as dead. And, and then I think I wrote here, Colonel Phillips dismisses Carter's forethought as only a crush. Which we see here that she's he's literally diminishing her thoughts, her actions, her plan as more than just a love interest. And I love her response. I had faith. And he goes, faith, huh? And uh, just like his movies, Cap marches with the prisoners and a tank and same people booing Cap are now the same people cheering upon his re- uh, return. And Agent Carter's response to seeing Steve alive after presumably dead you're late. <laughs> I, yep. I, I I thought it was so cute. I, I don't know. I I'm I just gush over these two, Peggy and Steve forever. And I, I thought it was really cool. We see a Medal of Valor presentation. We kind of speed up to that. And we see this guy come out who, I just thought this was really funny because obviously this is Stan Lee's cameo. We see this little, uh, this guy who works behind the scenes for the show come out instead of Steve Rogers for the Medal of Valor presentation. And Stan the man, I thought he'd be taller. Uh, mm-hmm. adorable. Awesome. I, th- that's the word for this movie. Adorable. Uh, Captain adorable. Uh, I, I just really appreciated this as well. What was your thoughts on Clinton? I always like to get your input on Stan Lee's cameos. I, I, one of my favorites. I thought this was really cool. What'd you think? I loved it. I loved it. Yep. Again, I'm always satisfied if it's a playful cameo. It's real short. Like I didn't like how short it was, but I, I did like it. I laughed out loud. And I thought that's the whole point. It's it's it may be short, but it still made me smile. And it was Stanley. And considering you know, obviously he's passed now. If you can make me smile and see Stanley and laugh, I you're, you're doing something right. So I, I thought it was a really cool. Yes, it was quick, but effective. Very very effective. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we kind of now see Cap 
you know, after saving all these prisoners and returning, you know, and he, he even says, I return my, uh, I surrender myself for disciplinary action. And Colonel Phillips says that won't be necessary. And now we see Cap kind of in the war room and he, he's now recruiting the Howling Commandos. What you got? I loved it. I, uh, we skipped over just, it's a really short scene where um, Howard Stark has part of the Tesseract or it's something that was being powered by the Tesseract. Mm. And he has the same kind of machine and I don't want to give anything away, but it's, it's similar to a scene in Endgame where Tony has the same kind of thing and Rocket comes up and scares him, which is one of my favorite scenes. I I absolutely love. But um, in this scene, Howard does it and then it explodes (laughs) And blows him across the room, which I, I don't know. It was just a, a similar, a visually similar, similar kind of thing. And I just, I liked seeing that. I thought that. Like, yeah. No, I, I thought, thought the same like thing, that. like the claws working on the same thing kind of yeah. remotely. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Really cool catch. And I love that Steve goes now the, the outfits growing on him and I might, when all this is over, might go dancing and, uh, that was, I think, Peggy to Steve. I wrote this quote down. I didn't put who wrote it, but I know Steve and Peggy are talking to each other. And Bucky is standing to the side, basically trying to, you know, initiate a conversation with, uh, with Peggy, and she's not interested. She's mm-hmm. only focused on Steve. And I love Bucky's response. I'm invisible. I'm turning into you. That, <laughs> that was Bucky's response to Steve. What you got? Um. So Peggy is wearing a red dress in this scene, mm-hmm. um, which is... It was made for Inglorious Bastards, the Quentin Tarantino movie, but because it wasn't used, they used it for this movie, oh, which I found interesting. I did not know That's that. It's very cool. Did, yeah. Did not know that. Are we talking about the scene where Bucky and um, uh, Steve are talking and Peggy walks up? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I've got to say this because Tyler watched this with me. Um, and Tyler said... <laughs> He said he wants to see a version of this movie where Steve and Bucky end up together. (laughs) And he said this scene was very, if you imagine it like that, like Bucky crushes on Cap and Peggy walks up and interrupts (laughs) it. It works so well. That's hilarious. I don't hate that idea. I think that's hilarious. Actually, What'd you say, Emmy? I don't hate that idea at all. I would right. like to see that as well. I was like, I'm sure there's some fandom out there where they actually do end up together. Oh, but Oh, I'm sure. Fan fiction everywhere. I now. thought it was funny. I would not be surprised. And then it's so funny. We see Peggy catch Steve in the act, and she is furious and, and mad. She doesn't take it out on him yet, but she does. Oh, unless you're otherwise preoccupied. She catches Steve with a secretary or a clerk or somebody who's a female who decides to thank Steve for all the wives of America. <laughs> that was interesting. And I know where you guys are both going. Game of Thrones, anybody? What is that where you guys are going? That's who that was. Okay. Yeah. I Natalie Dormer. Not put I I watched this and I was um right before we started taping or recording. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't have time to Google that one. Yes. But thank you. Thank you. I was actually going to go back just a second because this is something that I did spend a lot of time Googling. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So when they're in the bar and he's asking the howling commandos to Mm. join him, there's a point where two of them speak French to each other. And I tried to Google what the translation was and I couldn't find it anywhere because I'm, I'm always curious. Like as soon as they start speaking another language, it's like, what are you guys hiding? Um, 
but I couldn't find the translation. And so I sent a um, video to my boyfriend who does speak French. Um, and what they're saying is, I will fight until the last of those bastards are dead, chained, or cry like babies. And then the other one says, yeah, me too. And they like shake hands and wow. then they say, oh, we're in. I love but it. I, I just, I don't know. It um, was, it, that was a very long pause in the movie. Yes. <laughs> and so I feel like the fruits of my labor need to be heard by people. And I say my labor, my boyfriend's labor. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Oh man. Well, we are, it's just, this movie just kind of keeps throwing things at you and at you. And we see cap kind of stuck caught in the act. And the first thing he says is what about you and Stark? We fast forward to cap and Stark walking out of a building together. And he gets Howard Stark goes fondue is just cheese and bread. My friend, (laughs) just telling him all about fondue and how it works. I thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. And we see Stark create the shield. It's the rarest metal in all of the earth and vibranium. I, this is not a spoiler. Black Panther, the movie, and Avengers Age of Ultron will hint more at this material. I thought this was really cool. And we see Peggy shoot the shield three times. Yes, I believe it works. I thought it was really, really interesting. Amy, what was your thoughts? I, I completely agree. I love that she was so mad at him that she shot him. Like I, I enjoyed her um, resolve in that, in that moment. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, I also, in the comics, I believe, mm-hmm. isn't it also, it's vibranium and adamantium? I think Did so. I that right? Yes. Yeah. But they couldn't say adamantium because of the rights. Correct. Whoever that was. So it was just full-blown vibranium in the MCU version. I thought that was yeah. really cool as well. And then we see also that Stark is behind the shield. And I thought that was really, or excuse me, behind the suit. We knew he was behind the shield, but he even gives Stark some, hey, I had some ideas and modifications behind the suit. Uh, And Stark says, whatever you want, pal, or something like that. And I thought that was really cool. So Tony, or excuse me, Howard Stark was not only just behind the shield. He was behind the look of Captain America 2, a really cool nod and almost the precursor to the relationship of Tony and Cap. I thought this was really outstanding as well. So I love how the, that Howard is showing um, Steve, the shields and he goes through all these shield prototypes that he has. And Cap just sees that round metal sitting on the bottom shelf and says, what is this? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I know where this is going, but, yeah. Had no idea at the time, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I thought it was really, really cool. It wasn't the first chosen. And then you find out about the vibranium and how it's the rarest metal and really, really cool, uh, really, really cool stuff. And if you catch here, I love the little call to black Panther here, even though that's way down the road Yep. when he talks about it's vibranium, which we learn later is in Wakanda, Yep. Mm-hmm. but he talks about it. It absorbs vibration. Yes. And that's what Black Panther's suit does. The new version mm-hmm. that Shuri makes for him absorbs vibra- absorbs hits, and then he can do the charge. You know, it charges his suit up. And and we even see the shield absorbing vibrations in the very exactly. next movie. So very interested to kind of... They just stay so, like, on it. Like, yeah. they, what's the word? The continuity is continuity there. continuity is that's, always yes, there. Yes, it's... 
fantastic, even from back in 2011. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And so then we kind of go through this huge montage of, oh, Emmy, what you got? You're, you're exploding. What you got? The one thing that I think that could have made this moment better was if they actually showed the shield that they used in Iron Man 2, the one that he used, the, the, he uses to prop that machine up. Mm. Yeah. If they had shown that, I would have been like, wow. Yeah. And I'm I'm surprised that they didn't think about that. Huh. Yeah. No, that's I didn't have a problem either way, but I do think it would have been a nice touch for sure. Yeah. And then we see um Cap. It's like this montage of Cap. I'm gonna go through this pretty quick, but um it's a huge montage of Cap through Hydra bases and everything like that. And we see Cap's sure. first shield throw. I wrote down amazing. I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, we see Peggy, Peggy, uh, Peggy's picture inside of Steve's compass. I have that as well, as creepy as that sounds. And uh, I thought that was really, really cool. You can kind of see that he's really caring for her and she's caring for him by her, the reaction. But it's not this, oh, you know, it's it's building. It's love. It's not, hey, explain the nine realms to me, Thor. This is something that's building between the two of them. Yes. It, because it's over time. It's over not time, yes. just like a 24-hour fling. It is like you can tell through the montage, it shows like this is developing over time. It's not just a, yeah, we're, right. and now we're in love. And then we see Cap continues infiltrating Hydra camps and bases. Montage is what I wrote. Bad That's what I wrote too. And I despised it. I hated what? how they did. It was too rushed. It was like. Clinton, it would have been a three-hour movie. I know, but we didn't have enough action through this movie. And then the action scenes we get are a montage I and the whole montage. Go ahead. What? I think this story was more built around story. I don't think it was I, built I know. around the action. I, I guess you're I, right. Cause but, I, what I write about the, like the dialogue is what carried this movie for me. Not the bang, bang, pow, pow. Yeah, that's true. But, and that the montage part where he bombs the tank and jumps off of it. You remember that part? Yes. The CG was terrible <laughs> oh I every thought, big action scene like this in this movie the cg's terrible i thought it when was, we get to oh i thought it was wonderful i enjoyed really of it. I, I really was he, I, I think i was lost in the movie clinton to be honest i don't think it was i don't remember my and this is just me suspending belief because i'm just a fanboy but like when i saw that i was just not even looking to nitpick i was just more like huh, okay it's not even nitpick for me i remember back in 2011 when i watched this right the bad CG I thought was bad then. And I, and it, and I never saw it on the big screen. So maybe I never got to see it. <laughs> it takes, it takes me out of the movie. That's my problem. Right. So if there's bad CG and a good storyline, right. That's one thing. But when there's an action scene and there's bad CG, when I'm just watching fighting, right. It takes me out of the movie. Right. It like, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And then we see kind of them going to infiltrate a train that's holding hydro weapons and supplies and Dr. Zola. So we see a home alone zip line in full effect as they take, uh, they, they, they take the, uh, take the look or to board the train. Uh, we see a big tank dude who shoots a hole in the side of the train. Bucky's obviously with them as they're on this mission. The, the whole, uh, the hole on the side of the train, we can see cap, really throws his shield at this big, huge dude that created the explosion on the side of the tank. Um, Bucky's slipping and holding on for dear life at the, the hold on before yeah. that part. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know you're so Bucky holds the shield in the train. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is a nod to the comics it because is. in the comics, Bucky Barnes becomes the next Captain America. In certain iterations, yes. 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 So I love that little nod where he holds the shield. Yeah. And then uh, we see Bucky holding on to the side of the exploded piece of the the train, and he literally slips off and falls to his death. And I remember writing here, I wish something more would have happened here. Kind of Captain America. Yes, you can tell he's upset, but it was just... You know, we see him drinking a little bit later, but it just doesn't feel as impactful as I think it should have felt. I mean, that's your best friend falling to his presumably death at this point. I I, I wrote, I wish there was more here. I wrote Bucky abruptly falls to his death. Like it wasn't. It was just like, oh, okay, here we go. It does not look survivable. And I feel like there's not, you don't see it on Cap's face for long enough, I guess. Yeah, I think you guys are right. Yeah, and then we see Zola be uh, captured through this uh, rescue mission or this uh, infiltration mission, I guess I should say. And he's held in a detention center with steak. (laughs) And I love he's like, here's steak. And like he goes, what's in it? He's talking to Colonel Phillips and just one of my favorites line. Cow. (laughs) I don't know why it made me laugh, made me smile. And in exchange for his full cooperation, Zola will cooperate with the U.S. government. And that's really it, basically. Zola was just, hey, in order, you have to comply with us because you really have no other choice. You know, you're you're held by us, you're captured by us. And I'm sorry I'm skipping ahead, but a lot of stuff really happens in this last little bit. We see Steve mourning the loss of his friends, and he cannot get drunk to cope. Talk about a horrible superhero power. She's So sad. I, I, we all fell for Steve Rogers at this point. Uh, we've all wanted to drink our cares away at one point or another, and maybe have. And, uh, or we drink to do a podcast. I don't know which, whichever one, but <laughs> and, uh, not us, not us. We are, uh, yeah, but it was just, I thought that was pretty, that was a bummer. And, uh, he even says, you know, I'm, he's, Steve is basically out for all of Hydra for taking Bucky from him. And, um, yeah. And then we see more montage. What you got Amy? He, he says, I'm not going to stop until all of Hydra is dead or captured, which I think mirrored the what the French guy said when he said, um, I'm not going to stop until I, I will fight until the last of these bastards are dead, chained or cry like babies. Yep. Like, I, I liked how that kind of mirrored one another there. Yeah. Yeah, and then we see more montage, more explosions, more craziness, and it's not a full-blown scene. And so I can can see Clinton's point here where it's not, you know what I mean? The only fight scene we see is very, very brief, and it's in an aircraft later. But uh, we see more shield throws. We see more mayhem. I wrote awesome just because I, I didn't need the, the full story behind it. I just needed Captain America, Hydra, Nazis, go crazy. But well, we got- I, I can see that where it was missing a little bit, Clinton. What did you, th- you think, man? Steve Rogers building up the whole movie and it's all about his character and all of that. And I get that. But when he becomes Captain America, when he gets the super soldier serum, we don't see a lot of stuff from him. He's supposed to be a super soldier that's taking on. We don't see a lot of action with him. It's montaged and it bothered me. What you got, Amy? I get that. However, I would argue that he was always Captain America. I know, but we, the muscles the, didn't make him yeah. more. Capital. No, you're right. You're right. Agreed. But, but <laughs> watching this, I wanted more action when he became that. 
because they they push to him to be this soldier Mm -hmm. and he becomes that soldier and he fights these battles but we don't see a lot of it it's it's montaged i guess it it is but it feels like they're playing the greatest hits but you want to hear their full the full album yeah and i I I get it going forward like we see that later in other movies winter soldier and oh god i can't wait for winter soldier but you and me both sir yeah, so I get it. I get it. I think this movie was just set up to be the character building. And yep. so looking back on it with knowing the future, I get that completely. Yep. I cannot wait till all of us love the same movie and it's just a love fest. I cannot wait for that episode. <laughs> That's going to be a fun episode. Just so we're just all happy. <laughs> but no, I, they, I'm the cynic. You're the cynic. When we're all, we're all going to be a cynic at one point, but I cannot wait till we get to these phase three movies and we're all just going crazy. So if we all don't love some movies, I'm going to have a real problem because there's going to be like some movies that are perfection to me. And I, I, like this one, I can see. I can completely see. Like, wow. like phase three, we're going to be on the same page. I think, I think phase three, we're going to lose our minds and it's going to be great. So th- there is, there's more montage. They see, we just see more montage shield throws mayhem. I wrote awesome. And then we see they, the Hydra agents surround cap. They take them in and we finally see red skull, not Schmidt, but red skull and cap finally face to face. We see the funny, though not, I wouldn't say funny, but the amazing line, but cliche line. I can see this as well. What makes you so special? Nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. Uh, a punch in the face and a stomach from Red Skull to Captain America. That's what he thinks of that line. And uh, we hear it again. If you could I hear can it. do this all day. There it is. I completely I can do this. I all. know the, and I'm the cynic and the, the one that, but I love the campiness of this. Yeah. Because yeah. it pays yeah. off so well in the future. I agree. Yeah. It, it's really what they set up. That makes me like in the time watching this movie, you can roll your eyes, but knowing what comes later on. <laughs> Gosh. And they almost make fun of themselves back or later in Endgame with this. They he's do. Like, I, know. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, I cannot wait to talk about that scene for Endgame. Uh, talk about having a hard time who to root for. Uh, anyway, Emmy, what, <laughs> what was your thoughts seeing all this? Um, okay, so we skipped over the fact that, and you guys called it a montage. Okay, yeah, I guess a little bit, but where he's riding the motorcycle through the forest and there's all I those... wrote that down. I said motorcycle badass. Sorry. Oh, yes. so badass. Bad CG, you mean? Stop. Okay. <laughs> I then, can't. It takes me out of the movie so bad. So I'm sorry. It is so good. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was badass. And I, then he, like, sets, like, the back end of it, he just sets on fire and then there's some point where he pulls a pin out of yes. one of the hydra agents yes. and it's like then the mo- motorcycle just explodes i not scientifically accurate but i enjoyed it <laughs> um yes and um they capture him with the flamethrowers which i thought was really cool there's two flamethrowers and each person has like a flame coming out of each hand and they just, and they just make a fire fence around yeah. him. <laughs> and then, and I'm like, why wouldn't you just torch him? Why wouldn't you just, Hey, it's captain America. This dude's given us a lot of fits, a lot of problems. It didn't really make much sense. Let's take him in. Let's, you but know, they took him in. Hey, I guess maybe, maybe there was a chance. To, I don't know. It didn't make much sense to me watching that. I, I would agree with you there. Um, there. There's also a point where red skull says that he's on a tight schedule and pulls out his, gun and he does not say schedule he says schedule (laughs) i wanted to punch him at that point (laughs) 
I hate the way that Red Skull says schedule. Uh, <laughs> we've got a lot to do, Cap. We've got a schedule to follow. <laughs> I, thought, I hate it. I thought it was really funny. And then finally, Cap gets basically saved by the Howling Commandos who infiltrate the place. Cap is now on the hunt for Red Skull. And we, I love this part. There is this one guy, I think. Uh, you you oh, said he was saved by the Howling Commandos. Maybe there's I wrote a that part right. where there's a flame, a guy with a flamethrower, and who saves Cap there? Oh, Agent a- Carter. Yes. Yes. So right. the script is flipped again. Yes. Good point. Not a da- Cap was the damsel in distress here. Very good point. Peggy, Peggy saves him. Very good point. I like that, Clinton. And that's a. I should have put that in my notes. Well, well done. Good catch. And, I love that you guys are catching the strong females. Yep. Like I just, it just makes me so happy. It, it was awesome, Peggy Carter. You've rubbed off on me, Amy. Badass. I know. I'm so happy. Here's the theme: Agent Carter, badass. That's where we're going to yeah. continue to talk about. And then I love like uh, Colonel Phillips like kills one of Hydra's, Hydra's agents, and he goes, "Cut off one head, two more shall." And then Phillips kills him and says, "Let's go find two more." <laughs> like, yeah. I laughed out loud. I thought it was really funny. It was also Tommy Lee Jones' delivery. I thought it was really funny. And, yeah, I enjoyed that too. And then when Peggy finds Steve, you're late to Steve. Uh, and Steve continues his pursuit. Uh, and what do you got, Amy? I okay, so I I I am curious what you guys think, or and or are you guys more knowledgeable than I am? So yes. that yes, you are. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was being an asshole. I'm sorry. No, that whole bad guy um in the Swiss Alps. Like that window thing looked very familiar to me. And I, is it the same place from? I think so. That was my, yeah, I thought it was their base. I thought it was, yeah, that was my thought. Clinton, what about you? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. It's the same place. (laughs) I don't, I don't. All, all those, all those windows. Uh, the, uh, it looked very similar to when, um, like the final battle seen. between Cap and Iron Man in Civil War. Oh, you're. I thought you were talking about the movie. No, I don't know that. I don't know that. Sorry. <sighs> I didn't have time to Google it. I don't know either. No clue. Okay. Uh, if you do know, you can tweet us at MCU and review. If you don't know, you can tweet us at Wait. MCU and review. So, just so you, I know you're listening. That would be great. Uh, and if you're a Britney Spears fan, let us know at MCU and review. Oh man! And if we, you're a Christina, I almost said Christina Applegate. I don't even remember her name. Christina ooh, Aguilera. Aguilera. Come on. I, I like Applegate as well. Let's let's not hold grudges. Yeah, Christina Applegate is fantastic. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, continue. Oh, we're gonna continue. Um, so uh, we see Steve <clears throat> fight off more attacks, and we can see that Red Skull is targeting New York City in his huge plane. Uh, he's, you know, we see basically he's got few missiles for Chicago. I think Boston, New York City. Uh, Steve, terrible, terrible. Why would you have the bombs labeled where they're going? <laughs> it's a movie. How, we are how digging s- too much. We are digging. So no, much. we're not. No, yes, we are. This is ridiculous. This is so you sad. Have, this is so sad. So they did that in I, World War II. They did that. They, did they really? I'm, I I'm pretty sure that they put something on the bomb that went to like Hiroshima. either Nagasaki or Hiroshima. Yes. That's, Can they not just like? If they have 10 bombs and they're bombing 10 places, when you go over that place, you drop a bomb. Why is it, why is it labeled? We, I don't under- We are asking all sergeants and army and historians to reach out to Clinton Jump on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> no, um, but I, 
we see that, you know, Steve fights off all these attacks. Actually, before that scene, hold on. We see Phillips and Carter are in the hydromobile to get Steve on the plane. Get in! And and Cap finally, and it feels earned, finally gets his kiss with Peggy. That's a long-ass hanger, too. Uh, I really... They drove forever. (laughs) Okay. This is the point, though, that I laughed out loud. Oh, you're talking about Colonel Phillips? Yes, when Colonel Phillips... (laughs) When Cap kisses Agent Carter and yeah. then looks at Agent Phillips and Agent Phillips says, I'm not kissing you. I'm not kissing you. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Yes. That was great. I did laugh out loud there. Yeah. yeah. That was good. So uh, Cap makes a jump to the aircraft, gets in, and he sees the bombs with the labels, uh, Boston, Chicago, New York. There's guards, and uh, Cap throws them out. And Cap actually fights one uh, with uh, the New York missile on it. And I thought this was a pretty gruesome death through the propeller. So what? graphic. I was like, for a PG-13 movie, that was pretty intense. For yeah, me. I loved it, though. Uh, I, I just, I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. So, and then we see he throws out the pilot and makes his way. Into, he takes over the pilot of the aircraft. He flies back towards the main aircraft that holds Red Skull. And we finally see Red Skull and Cap fight. Do I think it as long as it should have been? No. But uh, we see Red Skull say, you can have the power of the gods, but you wear a flag on your chest and think you fight a battle of nations. I've seen the future. There are no flags. Please, if you have not seen the rest of these MCU movies, stop listening for 30 seconds and come back on in 30 seconds. But I'm going to talk about this real quick. You can have the power of the gods, but you wear a flag on your chest and think you fight the battle of nations. I've seen the future. There are no flags. Steve says, not my future. He gets rid of the star. He gets rid of the Avengers emblem. He gets rid of the flag on his, he gets rid of the flag. That is his story. Red Skull predicted his future or foreshadowed his future in 2011. My brain exploded. I enjoyed every freaking minute of this. I thought it was really powerful. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't read that much into it, but yeah, you're right. I think. Yeah. I I thought it was powerful. I thought it was really powerful considering what happens in the future. So Welcome back to uh, Captain America, the first Avengers, uh, the first Avenger. You did not have to hear that spoiler, but I, it, that is a just, I cannot wait to talk about these I movies. Did but, not catch that. Yeah. That was a good catch. Yeah. yeah. I, I really thought that was pretty amazing and powerful. So we see Red Skull take the Tesseract and he's, uh, he holds onto the Tesseract and he un- ends up just kind of going to the skies and going to wherever he ends up. We end um, so yeah, if we might have to spoil this movie again, what you got, Amy? I just, just question mark. Just I, I don't. I didn't remember this part in like 2011. Like that didn't register with me, and now I'm, I'm still confused. I have no idea that because that's a space stone, correct? Correct. So that's like the one that people use to create like vortexes Portals to like and, yes. travel. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I don't understand. I still don't understand what happened. He holds it and it's almost like the power just takes over. I don't know. It was interesting. And then he basically is transported to what we find out later. Spoiler. Don't listen for 10 seconds, which is uh, Vormir. Correct. Yeah. And, but it doesn't, because we've seen other people hold that Tesseract later on (laughs) in the MCU that don't have that effect. I don't know. I really don't understand it to be honest. 
I would Are assume you- it's because he's such a bad dude that it like something like bad dude holding Tesseract. And he like, says he's cursed. He says he's cursed, you know, like later on when he heard, he's like, I've been cursed. Yeah. So something didn't jive well between him and that Tesseract. I don't know. Or the power stone. What do you think, Lynn? Are you referencing the guardians of the galaxy with the people holding it later? Was that Guardians? Uh, well, well, I mean, yeah, that's that's one iteration. Was that the Space Stone? That was the Power no, Stone. No, that was the Power Stone. Okay. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I, this. Can I talk about this scene for a minute? Yeah, go for it. So I love that you called that out because it comes, for me, it goes back to the dialogue and the depth of this movie and the quotes because I didn't pick that up during this movie. Right. Um, I've got to say this and y'all are going to hate me for it. (laughs) I know I'm the critic, but when he drives that bomb back to the hangar, it doesn't explode when he hits the plane. That was like, I didn't get that, but I would have ruined them. It would have ruined the movie, but he drives that back into there. And then he has that confrontation with Red Skull. And I like love it was it wasn't like a normal bomb. It was like a plane bomb. It was I like know, a- but it it was still a bomb. They were meant to drive them into the places they were going. Yeah, and he true. drove it into yeah. the plane. It didn't explode. So that that was a little annoying to me. I feel like they could have done a different way. But I don't know that. if there's a way to like if I'm th- if I'm going to go devil's advocate, which is where you're going as well. Wouldn't you think that there's a detonate option or isn't there a way of, hey, if I'm going to plow and I'm just flying this as an aircraft right now because they're man-made, or they're man to fly, wouldn't you want the option to detonate, and wouldn't you want the option to land if necessary if you're not on target? Yes, I get that, but I guess my mind thought they would they would parachute out because he releases him out of there. So right. he releases him. Well, that those are with, usually for emergency purposes only. So, you know, well, I, I I'm just playing devil's they right. I'm just playing devil's advocate the other way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it for so I, it, it was just a little detail. I didn't mean to like, no, it's all good. I'm just delve into it. It was, but the fight when they get there, I felt like you said it was a little short and anticlimactic, Agreed. but I loved Agreed. what you, pulled out of that brandon that makes so much sense to me now yeah that he did that i did not like the fight at all i thought it was way too quick and i think exactly to your point clinton where there was too much montage there was too much we didn't get to see cap full cap and then this scene we finally had that opportunity and it was like three minutes and that was it i thought that was a letdown but that those words i rewinded it three times because it was just echoing in my brain and just knowing what we find out later on i thought it was powerful i thought it was really poignant for the character and for cap to just basically outright deny it. Not mine, not my future. Okay, man. So, uh, just, uh, uh, foreshadowing, but really, really I amazing stuff. That detail you found. So I, I can't yeah. believe I completely missed that. I, thought, I love that so much. So if you, I I, if you have not seen in game yet, come back and listen to that. Cause I think it's really, really important. And then we see, um, the Tesseract, obviously we see Red Skull just kind of disintegrate to the Tesseract and either die or transport somewhere. If you haven't seen all the movies yet. And then, but, uh, at the same time, I didn't think he was dead. You know what I mean? You usually see more finality. It didn't feel that way. It felt like he was being transported and kind it of didn't show him die. So right. it felt like he was going to be somewhere Agreed. else later. Agreed. I, 
watching this scene, I didn't remember how it ended. And so I was like, okay, so they found Cap in that in that um, frozen capsicle. Like they're <laughs> about to find a red skull sickle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but but obviously, no, he got transported or whatever. So Cap calls after that battle and he basically, he's looking for, he's calling out to the Howling Commandos. He's calling out to Peggy, anyone that can listen. And he says, Schmidt's dead. Um, and Peggy is the first to respond. Give me your coordinates. Not enough time. I'm going to have to put her in the water. And <sighs> if, my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I wait, yeah. any, if I wait any longer, people are going to die. Peggy, this is my choice. And he puts her picture up from his compass and begins his nosedive. And he, yeah, what you got, Amy? He almost had everything yep. that he ever wanted. And it was so sad to watch it slip away. Yep. It was, I, I, I've seen this movie probably more often than Thor. I've, I've seen it a few times and I still teared up this time. Yeah, I, I got, did too. I got choked up as well. And, this is when he goes, she he says, Peggy, I'm going to need a rain check on that dance. Mm. Guys, mm. if you if you follow the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you you should all be having chills right now. And, yes. And he goes, uh, she goes, all right, a week from next Saturday. And she tells him a location and eight o'clock on the dot. Don't you dare be late. And he goes, I still don't know how to dance. And she, through tears, says, I'll show you how. And he goes, uh, we'll have the band play something slow because I'd hate to step on both white noise and the white noise hits. And I had a lump in my throat in this scene is what I put. And it's because he gave up 70 years of it. You can think for a second, because you find out by the end, this, this is not a spoiler. You find out he comes back in the two thousands and he's resurrected, but he gave up a life. (laughs) <laughs> he gave up the life that he was going to have with arguably the love of his life. The and, life that he wanted, the life that he was searching for through this whole movie. He was, he was trying to find this. Yeah. And he found one and he found her and she found him and it was beautiful. It was earned. I think the, the moment between them at this point is earned. I feel like the emotion from this scene is earned. It is not just a quick, ah, oh, you're a super soldier. Ah, you know, and, Oh, you're a damsel in distress. No, it's two people that fit each other so well. And I equals, I th- equals partners, yeah. partners, eye to eye. You got two badasses, yeah. in my opinion. They should have played um, the Rolling Stone. You can't always get what you want right here. <laughs> I'm so ready for him now. And uh, it was really, really a beautiful scene. And. Then we see the the wreckage from the aircraft as it sinks in the snow, which I believe is now in Canada. And then we are taken to VE Day as the commandos toast to the captain. And they find Howard Stark ends up discovering the Tesseract in the water. And he says, just keep looking because he's not really after the Tesseract. He's more looking for Captain America. Which I love. I thought that was a really sweet nod for how much uh, Howard and cap mean to each other as well. It surprises me too, that he wanted to keep looking given how long it had been. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I agree. And I just think like, you know, Tony hints at it later on in movies, like my dad wouldn't shut up about you. It's, it's really, really powerful. So a child carries his shield, uh, a little trash can lid with, uh, the, the shield emblem. And we are taken to present day where Steve awakes from his sleep. Wait, 
What did we miss? <laughs> Sorry, we forgot something. So, uh, Captain, or is it Captain Phillips? Uh, Colonel Phillips. Colonel Captain Phillips. America. Captain, <laughs> all right, Captain Crunch. Um, anyway, Colonel Phillips gives uh, the inactive um, folder to oh, Peggy. to Peggy, yes. And that picture is that the same picture. picture that's on her desk in Endgame. And I love that detail so much. I agree. Because I, it's I have little Tiny well. Steve. <laughs> it's little, little Tiny Steve. Yep. It's like pocket sized Steve. I have that picture as well. I'm ashamed to admit. So, uh, yeah. If on you, your desk? Uh, close in my heart. <laughs> 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 so i have too much captain america i even have his trading cards from the avengers i am not kidding you so anyway guys i'm obsessed with the character i even thought about bringing my one six scale figure to look at you guys in the face while we did this review but i decided not to because i don't want to intimidate while we talk about Cap. you have a problem i love captain america <laughs> i love this man and uh, i can't say anything i have a ton of iron man yeah. memorabilia i have so. a bunch of iron man stuff i actually have more iron man i think than captain america sadly but i'm more obsessed with because he's better yes <sighs> anyway when <laughs> them's the fighting words when captain america civil war hits everybody it's it's going to hit the fan oh that's true yeah. or or um i uh, i'm a big iron man fan but winter soldier Oh I'm what, say it, say it, say it, Clinton. Get it. Uh, say it now. It's better than any Iron Man movie. Woo! <laughs> yes. What? Emmy is losing her mind right now. I agree. I agree. I agree. that movie. God, I, Winter I can't. Soldier? Oh my God. Yes, Emmy, it is phenomenal. It, it, wow. it is in my top five yep. for sure. Oh God, I can't wait. I oh. can't wait, y'all. Oh <laughs> man, here we go, guys. So uh, they, they pay off everything I wanted from this movie in Winter Soldier. Agreed. I'll just say that, and, and that's what up, makes but. this movie me love these this movie a lot more <laughs> from everything they pay off in Winter Soldier, Civil War, Endgame, Infinity War. I'm more in love with this movie now than I was in 2011. Obviously, I'm I'll agree with that. I know I've been a critic, but I appreciated it a lot more right now and i appreciated what it represented because yes. i realized now what they were trying to do with it and i love what it represented for the underdog it's funny that was because, my big thing yeah and i think uh we'll go into it when we get to endgame but there's a few movies that i respect more after infinity war and endgame um so we see steve kind of waking up in a recovery center and he's listening to a baseball game and he says where am i uh, this uh, woman who we presume is uh, kind of taking care of Steve, I guess. Uh, she says, you're in a recovery room in New York City. And he goes, where am I really? Because he goes, the game, it's from May 1941. I know because I was there. Well, of all games you had to play, you had to play the one game that Steve knew. <laughs> so that Listen, that, that did not, like... That did not go well is an understatement. Like, yeah, yeah. He tried to bring him back into like the 40s and like I get that, but also like they did it the worst possible Poorly. way. Poorly is and the it best was word. So bad. Uh, I put cat busts heads and he heads out to Times Square visibly shaken and we hear Nick Fury. We've seen him a few times now. At ease, soldier. And he says I thought it'd be best to break it to you slowly. You've been asleep, cat, for almost 70 years. And Cap, just looking around, kind of like starstruck, you going to be okay, says Nick Fury. Yeah, I just, I had a date. Credit rolls. Uh, heartstrings are plucked one more time. 
yeah. bef- before. And that's the first thing he remembers is Peggy. That's the first person he's thinking of is Peggy. I will say too that he's wearing an SSR t-shirt, um, which stands for the strategic scientific reserve, Good job. which is the part of his like agency. Yes. And we jump to, and before we get final thoughts on the entire movie, uh, we go to the post-credit scene where cap is punching a punching oh. bag and I'm sorry. What? What you got Amy? Wait. Okay. Oh, so- <laughs> post-credits. What? No, 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 not post credits. Okay. No, this is, this is pre post credits. Um, they call that a code 13 and I just want to know what are the other 12 codes? <laughs> like what else is going on that code 13 is, Oh, this 70 year old dude or the, the, this guy who's been asleep for 70 years, he just beat up eight, every shield uh, agent we have. And he's running yeah. through times square now. Code 13. <laughs> You sure it ain't 11? No, it's 13. <laughs> like, what else is going on at S.H.I.E.L.D. right now? Oh. I, I'm i sorry. I, I I just had to go there. So we see uh, we see uh, Cap punching a punching bag, and he goes, uh, Nick Fury again, trouble sleeping? And Cap says, here with a mission, sir. I am. Trying to get me back in the world. Trying to save it. We see kind of a trailer for the Avengers movie here. Um, just enough, man. And... Uh, I'm hyped to watch this movie with you guys because after this, I was like, man, I feel like we built up again like we did for the original movies. I'm excited to see everything. We've seen Hulk, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Cap, Iron Man, Thor. We've seen the six guys and we've seen Nick Fury. I'm excited about this. Uh, really, really cool stuff. So I'm going to pass it to you guys. post credit scene, total movie, everything. What's your final thoughts on Captain America, the first Avenger Clinton, I'll start with you kind of, you know, I know it didn't hold up as well as others. And trust me, I get it. I know people that do not like this movie or I know people that don't think it's the best Marvel movie. So trust me, I like to give you, give you crap, but I'm, you know, it's a movie I'm passionate about, you know, after everything that's happened through Endgame, infinity war, all that stuff, you know, what do you think about this movie? I appreciate it more now than I did then. Yeah. In the big picture. I can see what they were trying to do with this movie mm-hmm. or what they, they did. They did do it. Um, I guess I was more accustomed to the, the pizzazz of the past movies. Like mm-hmm. the, I used pizzazz. Y'all like that? <laughs> <laughs> I saw Amy wanting to laugh, but no, I, I, I think I wanted more like uh, action and show me the, the effects and stuff like that. That is not what they were going for here. Yeah. They wanted to build up the character of Captain America and they wanted to build up like his compassion and the, the theme of the bullied becomes the top dog. And I, I get that. And I appreciate it a lot more for that. I still had my critiques, obviously of the other things, cause I vocally expressed them in this. Um, and I didn't get to say this. Captain America is shaped like a Dorito. And I appreciated that. <laughs> Because I love Chris Evans and I love Doritos, so that worked out. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, overall, I appreciated what they were going for here. Um, looking back at it, I it went over my head back in 2011 because I was so caught up in the previous movies and what they were doing. But seeing all the movies now and rewatching this, I really appreciated what they were going for here. So, yep, very well said, Emmy. What you got? I, I agree. 
Um, I think that watching the movie now in this political landscape, it hit different. Um, I loved that he was bullied and that he was going after bullies as just general. Like, it doesn't matter who you bully. He was going after the bullies. I love that. Um, the post credits, I and I could be wrong, but I do think that this is the only time that they just did a full damn preview. Like they just did that was a trailer. It felt like they were really trying to hype up the Avengers, and even that scene was from the Avengers movie. The him punching yeah. the punching bag. Yeah, it was a big oh, deal yeah. though. Nothing had been done before like this, yeah. so they really it was their next movie, and they really wanted to. Hey. This hey, is happening. Hey, you Stay remember tuned. these guys you've watched? Or, hey, how about this guy? You're going to see them all together. It, it felt like they were really hitting that hype train early before anything. So, Which I get. But also, like, did they have to? Because I was going to watch The Avengers no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also say that I looked up at the exact right time again. Oh, who do we have, Emmy? We have another special effects technician. His name is Dickon Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Which I am pretty sure he would probably put emphasis on a different part of his name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have Doug Butts and Dickon Mitchell. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I I also there was a costume maker named Christina Rex, which for some reason just sounds like T Rex to me, oh. and I I loved that. But like, Christina uh, Rex that you could call her T Rex for short. Yeah, that would be yeah. my nickname for it. Or C Rex. Christine Rex. Wow, that was magical. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I definitely I enjoy looking through the credits now. (laughs) Oh man, I need to get on that for the next movie. So I feel like I've let myself down here. Um, To kind of finalize my thoughts on Captain America: The First Avenger, because I think Clinton had some really good notes and Emmy had some really good notes. This character. (laughs) like Dick on Mitchell. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for staying Sorry. with us for all this time, guys. I really appreciate you. No, um, Captain America. It's funny. The previous movies, I wrote down a lot of action scenes and a lot of moments. And I think this, uh, this movie is well critiqued when it's not as good in the action department. Cause there's a lot of just talking. There's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of character development and Marvel. I feel like has either hit the sweet spot when it comes to action or hit the sweet spot to character development, and sometimes both. Iron Man one, I think you you found a character be developed and the action in that movie. This yeah. movie is uh, to me still one of my all time favorites because I see the setup between Peggy and Steve. I'm seeing the setup between two characters that see eye to eye. I see the the setup between people two people that don't need each other but want to be with each other, and it feels different. It, it feels beautiful. And I get to see this this character who could have easily been the red, white, and blue and the star-spangled man with a plan. And we see him just wanting to serve and just wanting to fight bullies. And ultimately, he does that later on in the MCU. And we see him do that in much bigger and better ways. And this is just that first step. And it's literally, sometimes the first chapter in the book is not your favorite, but the book is still your favorite. And uh, you have to get to that first chapter. And to me, this was like opening up my favorite book again and reading the first pages of that book. And I enjoyed it very much. And it still is in my top 10 favorite Marvel movies of all time because of that. 
because of that journey we go on with Steve Rogers. So I was excited to revisit this movie. I'm excited to talk to two of my great friends, Clinton and Amy, about it because I want to share these movies, not just with Clinton and Amy, but with the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe fandom that listen to our podcast, that follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, because I think it's that passion that some of us always connect with a character, whether it's Clinton through Iron Man, whether it's Emmy through Crushing on Iron Man, whether it's me with Captain America. It's all about our connection and love for these characters and the story that they go on. And this was exciting to revisit for me personally. And I'm excited to review more of these movies coming up, starting with Marvel's The Avengers. Emmy, what do you got? I cannot wait. I'm so excited to watch The Avengers. I'm so, I just, oh my goodness. I cannot wait either. And I cannot wait to review it. Clinton, any final thoughts before we head off the air? You keep asking me and Emmy if we have any final thoughts. What is Bane's final thoughts on this movie? Because he has been here with us, and I feel like he has he has not talked most of the episode here at the end, especially. That's so, Bane, true. what do you have? What are your final thoughts on Captain America: The First Avenger? We will turn it over to Bane right now. Bane, are you ready? Captain America: The First Avenger. I really thought it was a wonderful that we were going to talk about a Batman, <laughs> and then there was cranberries and a saucepan, and we didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, we 